Terry Meyer That's all I want fucking syllable. All right, a toast to the fourth Modern Goonies podcast. All right, touch the tips. Hell yeah. All right, guys, hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Modern Goonies podcast. I'm your host, Trevor King Miner. And on the microphone today, I got my two good friends, uh, one I've had on before, Chandler. How's it going, everybody? And I've got my really good friend, Zach, for his first official one, but his very first one that he had was the Practice Podcast, which is yet to be released. But uh, yeah, what's up, Zach? How's it going? There we go. All right, so uh, Can you hear me? <laughs> so we got some exciting news. So uh, A, for the people who've noticed already, we have started going to a bi-weekly podcast. It just gave me more time to uh, edit some of the highlights and to, to make sure the video is ready to be uploaded to YouTube and get all the audio on Spotify and iTunes, uh, which is something else. Our podcast is officially on Spotify, and as of now, which is July 12th, we are awaiting uh, confirmation for iTunes, which that'll be pretty soon. Uh so yeah, uh, we're on a couple. We're on several platforms: YouTube, iTunes, and Spotify. So definitely go check us out on all of those things. Um, this episode will air August fifth because we are officially a whole podcast ahead right now. Uh, so tune in then to see this one. And uh, if you haven't seen any, any of the other ones, the previous one was with my good friend Michael and Mark, and we talked a lot about uh, science in the universe uh, a little bit of how science and religion can intersect and it was a really good uh, it was a very intellectual podcast we had a lot of really good conversations so i recommend you go check that out um so from here we'll just go right into it yeah no i was wondering why you didn't do the intro music as like your music i feel like that would be a good thing oh just like my own intro music yeah uh well because when i when i made the the intro i was kind of bouncing around some music ideas and uh i don't know just uh the modern goonies thing and then you know my favorite band is modern baseball so i was like and there's this one song in particular which was this one i was like i really love that guitar uh i guess it's a solo yeah it's like a solo kind of midway through the song like i always really liked it and i'm like well modern goonies modern baseball that just that's too perfect, so I just took that little thing and threw it in there. Uh, right now, it's not a big deal, but later on, yeah, it might be say, an issue. To get around the you know, copyright shit, it would be good to do... I mean, and you also make music. It yeah. seems like well, yeah. you could literally make your own like little jingle shit. Oh, yeah, no, I, for sure. Me, and then, you know, we, got, we have Sawyer, who's... He's really good at recording music, too, and he can do some of the solos and shit better than I can. So, I mean, I could easily... We could easily make our own intro. It was just... It was sentimental because I was like, hey, it had like a cool meaning behind it. So I'm like, all right, I'll use that. And the band's pretty, they're not very well known. So it's not like we're going to get like an immediate copyright strike. We're not monetized. So we don't, have, we don't really have to worry about that yet. But later on, we might have to change it. Like, and if, if so, it's no big deal. It's like, I just go in and change the music. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it's not a huge deal. It just seems like, I mean, it would be a good way to plug your own stuff too for me it's just a big pain in the ass to start recording music i mean i because that's one of the things i love playing music but actually sitting down and recording it is infuriatingly tedious to me because you have to redo the same part like a million fucking times to get it right uh, uh yeah. to line it up with a metronome or to 
whatever. I fuck, I fuck up so many times recording music that actually the process of me sitting down and getting in front of the microphone to record it, I want to blow my brains out because I just... Like sucks all the fun out of it. Yeah, because it's just very tedious. I play it. That was wrong. Hit the button. Go back. Play it. Wrong. You play, you get all the way through, and especially the moments where you have to go like a minute straight of just playing, you don't, you can't really take a pause in between. It's like you get, you get almost there, you fuck up on the last chord, like fuck, gotta go back, redo the whole thing. It's fucking annoying. I hate, I hate doing it, but the end result's always very satisfying because it's like, man, I did all of that and so many fuck ups. People never see all the fuck ups and what goes on in the in betweens, but the end result's always very satisfying because it's like, man, I put that all together, like all my hard work finally, finally coming to. Makes sense. Yeah. That's why it's even more impressive for the bands that perform that sound like identical to the studio version. Yeah. Because some people don't like that, but if they are that good at doing it live, like imagine how long like each thing took, like how yeah. many takes, like what? What I think endless is amounts. Kind of more impressive is whenever someone's playing live and like it's they don't change up like the song like drastically, but they like change like the tempo like midway through the song, and like someone else like ha- like the rest of like the band members have to keep up with it, and they can just like match the tempo like on the fly. Yeah, because you don't really mm. like plan those things out, but like like you get going, and like if it starts getting like more like intense, kind of like when you, like if someone like hits like a solo and they kind of like improvise a bit and like they speed up like the tempo of the song, then like the drummer has to match it and the bass player too, and they just like pick up with it. Like that's really impressive to me yeah um that's one thing that is kind of a benefit when you do the whole band uh there are some recording studios that are more high-end and you can pretty much have the whole band in there recording their parts at the same time uh not everything like the like vocals are are pretty much isolated you don't really want to record that with everyone around you but you're able to kind of get so you can get that natural environment in with the song so uh it's not as infuriating to go back and redo some stuff but there are some that do it like each individual thing like when when we used to record music as a band in high school, um, we had to go and do each individual track separately, and that was just a fucking that was so painful to do. Because when you're playing the song, you can all play it together like perfectly, but you I didn't have the equipment to record it all at once. Yeah. And yeah, it just it's it really sucked. It was very tedious. But does it make a difference in sound quality? Like if you do it like isolated, like each like certain instrument plays their part and then well it's as opposed to like you all playing like the song together uh well for me yeah because i i can't do multiple instruments at once i can only do with the equipment that i have i can only do one at a time um but in 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 bigger larger more professional grade studios uh not really like they can get it down to where multiple people can play at once and the sound comes out pretty good but every recording artist is also different. So some, even if they have the equipment to do that, they still like to, iso- some people still like to isolate them. Well, I was going to say, because even, I mean, just, I mean, I'm not super familiar, but every time that, like, Maynard James Keenan talks about the tool stuff, like, they they do... They do it all they separate. They do it, yeah, super separate. Like, yeah, I've had the vocals done, now, now they're just trying to, like, make the music to it. And it just seems like, like, completely two different processes, which is kind of weird. Like, it yeah. seems like that wouldn't be, like, how most people do it. Yeah. And and once they have such a different process for how they do things, right. It's just, it would be too much conflict trying to everyone sit there and do it because he seems like he gets pissed off whenever they, they take a year to do a song and he like has the vocals and the song written out in like a few days. And he's like, what's the holdup? So that also makes live performances better too. I think 
It's like if you don't yeah. record like your album like all together. But I mean, obviously you practice like all together, but then you get out and you play like the same song like all together super cohesively. Like really yeah. shows like how good yeah. of an artist you are. That's well, what um uh sir well you were talking about earlier about how people kind of change stuff on the fly whenever they're live. Mm-hmm. Like the guy I was talking about Sturgill Simpson, apparently they do that a lot because they just get tired of like doing the same like even if it's the same song they'll just kind of bend different stuff like differently or they'll, like they'll small sing it different yeah improv yeah fart. Imp- <laughs> improvisation they just they just do it word, all right, I'm learning. keep it consistent like but they're so good that it's just kind of like happens on the fly because they're just they can play well, i feel like that's also like you just like get into the groove of it and like yeah. you don't even think like you're just playing mm. And it's yeah. just like you kind of like once you hit like that zone and like you're locked into it, like it's which like would be set. super badass, like as a performer to just get into that zone like every night and with your band. Yeah, when we used to play, that was something that I I really enjoyed and loved doing. Was I mean collectively like you're you're all together and you're playing well and uh, the energy is just. It, I mean, we only played in a, like a, some really small venues, I would say, and. Uh, but still, just kind of like everyone like enjoying it, and we're all playing together, and we're sounding like really good, and we have all of our shit lined up. Uh, yeah, just that that energy, man. It, there's almost nothing. It's like a crazy adrenaline high. There's almost I can, to me there was nothing that compared to it, like getting up there. And so like the first couple songs, maybe you're nervous or whatever. You're going into it, and you're like everyone's kind of shaky because like, no oh, man, I'm, we're playing in front of all these people. Like I'm I'm kind of scared. But then you get like three songs in and you're comfortable up there and people are kind of used to your sound and then you just you're not even thinking about it you're just playing with your buddies up there and it's it's a lot of fucking fun yeah it's I feel a like lot that's of fun. probably half of the fun is how nervous you are going in yeah and then you kind of realize on stage like i'm not nervous anymore oh yeah and then you just get comfortable like yeah, yeah it's I'm like sure hit, it's like, like hitting like a runner's high it's fucking it's <clears throat> really good i i always i always really enjoyed it whenever i finally got comfortable playing in front of people because yeah, there's just nothing that compares to it, in my opinion. That's how I feel a lot of things. A lot of things that are intimidating at first, it's like a similar feeling. Like, I don't know, one thing that I think about, like, whenever I was in college, like, I hated, like, the first day of class where it was like, oh, well, we're going to go down the thing and um, someone can say, like, something about them and then we're going to go to the <laughs> next person. Like, like no one really likes doing I it. I hated that, yeah. But unanimously every time that that has happened if i have like made a conscious effort to like i'm gonna be one of the first ones if you like force yourself to do it and you go first it's like insanely more comfortable than like sitting there waiting until Mm -hmm. you're the last one you're just thinking about it the whole time yeah i don't know why that's i've only had that happen to me a couple times in college but i can see that like in grade school but i don't know why some professors do that in college like unless it's a course that like really like demands like you all like getting like an active discussion then like yeah. you kind of want to be open more with your classmates but if it's like if you're in like algebra or something and your professor's like all right well you need to like tell a little bit about yourself like your hobbies and stuff and then everyone gets done they're like all right so chapter one and then they start doing equations for an hour <laughs> straight like it's like okay that's kind of pointless oh, it's yeah. super pointless i think i think they do it because they they think it's like an icebreaker and it'll make people be like you know less nervous but it, it's actually like the reverse because no one wants to do it and it just makes it more intimidating in a way to be in that class for that first yeah you know that first day the syllabus day i honestly think a lot of the time it's just because most professors like the first day of class 
<clears throat> they don't have anything really on the agenda. It's like show up and usually like most classes first day is like hand you your syllabus, talk a little bit about what the course is going to be about, and then you get out of there like halfway through. Yeah, that's what I've always liked the first day just because I know I'm getting out of that hoe like at yeah. least like hour or like a hour, like half hour early. It's great. <laughs> the first week is and usually then the, awesome. Yeah. And then the next week is straight hell. Yeah, uh, yeah. I but I've had a couple of professors who jump straight into shit on the very first day, oh, and every time I'm just pissed off. Worse. I'm like, yeah, "Fuck this!" Like, come on, you man. cheated us of our free week. Yeah, yeah. I've had that happen a lot. I had some that in that first week you can get emails like the, like their very first week of professors being there have emailed me shit and have been like, "Hey, have this filled out by the first day of class. I'm taking a grade on this." Yeah, I've had that too. And I and I, me I too. I, and it's funny because, you know, a lot of people don't check their email. So you get there and half of the fucking class is freaking the fuck out because they're like, what? Oh, I, I didn't do that. And like, everyone's just losing their fucking minds. I'm one of those people. My my school year does not start until if my class starts at three o'clock on a Monday. School year does not start until yeah. Monday at three o'clock. <laughs> I'm that way, too. Yeah. I had a class where the professor did that, too. It was like a week before he emailed and sent us a document. And he was like... You need to you need to finish this. This is your first homework. It's due the first day of class, and it's basically like to That's try to, some bullshit to try to gauge like where you are. You know, like mm -hmm. but yeah. by just getting you more familiar with like kind of refresh, but also like gauging like if you're ready for what we're about to get into, like the first day. But I mean, I can see how it's kind of useful. But it makes it sense was like from the professor's four perspective. Four hour long homework, and it was brutal. Like, what class was it for? Okay, I didn't have anything like that. Partial differential equations. Okay, well, all right. Yeah. It was like the hardest math. <laughs> Zach, I Zach's one of the smartest motherfuckers we know, so it was. We can't compare. Brutal. Yeah, but I, I can understand it. But it's. I mean, you're not going to be a fan favorite if you start out with a homework the first fucking or the negative first week of class because yeah. it's not even class time most of the professors that i had that did that it was basic shit like hey this is all this bullshit information i don't want to deal with on the first day of class so fill it out and turn it in and you're getting a grade for it well so, that's pretty nice if it's easy shit and they're like this is gonna be a, like basically a free grade yeah then, so I mean, that's how most of it was i did have some that gave something but that was the main thing is they, they're like dude i don't really want to go over all these bullshit uh uh, what is it? Guidelines and stuff like that from the college. So just fill fill the shit out and give it to me the first day, and I'll give you a, I'll give you a free grade. And I, I remember we had that one class um, with um, Mr. Miller, where he was like, "Yeah, uh, we're gonna have a like a syllabus quiz." That was the economics teacher, right? History. history. It was like uh, was U.S. The, history. Was that for, the like he was kind of older white dude? Yeah, like pretty old. Yeah, super bald. He I think he ended up getting cancer. Mm, he did. Yeah, he did. But yeah, I mean, I he was he was a good one. professor. But he was like, yeah, we're gonna have a syllabus quiz. So just you know, you know, just read over the syllabus. And so like we read over the syllabus. But then he's like, okay, when is this due on what date and stuff? And it was like super <laughs> specific details from the syllabus, and everyone fucked up. And it, it was I was like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever done. Like this is not like as, aside from having like kind of like asshole like moves like that like professors have you ever had like a class that's like super rigorous and it's really challenging but like you don't really have like another alternative to like make it easier like it's just it's hard and the professor makes it challenging but like you do it and it feels like super rewarding no i, I 
to I mean to be completely honest, I feel like that was how almost every class I took was because that I can count on one hand how many like pretty easy classes I had like the whole time I was in college. And Mine's so, the opposite. Like I can count like on one hand the really tough classes I had and everything else just kind of. Eh. Well, yeah, but I'm sure that those tough ones are the ones you're talking about where it's like it sucks at the time, but then if you – I remember when I took chemistry one whenever I was a freshman. For me, like, I mean, apparently at SMU it's a lot harder than a lot of other places because I've heard people talk about it like, oh, chemistry one was easy. And ours was like I, the I hardest class I took. I chemistry in like my sophomore year at high school. Like it was brutal. Yeah. I, chemistry was not my thing. Do you have Wiley? Yeah, chemistry. Okay, well, that's why. You yeah. know, some people some people say, well, okay, so like my dad w- was really big on school. Whenever I would complain about the, the professors or whatnot, I'm like, they're so bad, or or, or they're making this fucking difficult. And he's like, no, you're just you know you're just not putting in the work. And I'm like, okay. And then after after my whole college career and high school and everything, I completely disagree with that statement 100 percent because there are some teachers who make an easy subject seem absolutely insanely hard because they like it, def- it goes both ways it, but well, yeah for does. sure but there's, the professor teachers can teachers that make it tough yeah the professor can make the class like it can make or break the class because i i mean i had some some teachers that just took very simple classes that i should have aced and made it like the most just brutal experience ever so like one of the most one one of the examples would be you know our eighth grade algebra teacher like algebra is not hard it's not hard at all. And looking back now, I find it so easy. But when I was in that class in eighth grade, just how fucking awful she was. Okay. That's what it is. <laughs> Bleeping. I'm Bleeping that. Say it, dude. What? What? We're saying it. Anyways, just how brutal she made that on everyone. Like you couldn't stand up and sharpen your pencil without her yelling at you. Or, or And like she would do, you know, one example on the board and then all the other ones that are clearly you have to work them differently. They're not the same as the one that she worked. She just wouldn't even show you how to do and then give you all this homework over it. And it was just, she just, and she was just an evil person. Just made it so brutal that to me, algebra was the hardest fucking thing in the world. I was like, she, I cannot wrap my head around this. To, to, to give her something, she was really cool outside of class. Cause I ran into her a couple of times, like out, like even like in the school, but like outside of class, like she'd be like, Hey Chandler, how you doing? Or something. I'd just be like, like just like so taken aback that she's like not yelling at yeah. me for being a total dumbass. No, I, I've, ta- I've talked to him about this before, and See, he I'm, he, I'm, he disagrees. Yeah. He disagrees, and he's, he's gonna get, he's gonna give his opinion. But I agree with you because <laughs> shit <laughs> bleep. Uh, our, she was so evil to everyone in our class, uh, just all the time. But anytime I went in for tutoring or any kind of after school stuff that I needed her help on, she was incredibly nice to me. And she would actually sit down and show me how to do the stuff, and she was super nice. But in class, just the most raging bitch I had ever seen. Like it was just awful. She never helped me in class because I like I wasn't in because uh, al- algebra was like the advanced class because you didn't start taking that till high school. Right. And, like, That's I, right. Yeah. And like I wasn't in it for like the first six weeks or something. And then like I got my schedule like changed so I could be in advanced math. Probably shouldn't have done it because that's where I went downhill from math really quick. But like. I don't know if y'all had, but we had like partners like in class and like every day, like we would like pair up with your partner and we would like work on like problems no. together. No, and, like, yeah, my, and like my first one, I got like partnered with like 
the smartest girl like in the class but she was a total bitch and she like would start like doing the problems and like i wouldn't know what to do and she would like try and explain it to me i'm like yeah that doesn't make any sense and i would just like write her answers down because we're like going a fucking mile a minute and then she'd be like yeah he doesn't do anything he just copies my answer and then so i get placed with like the second to dumbest person in the class and then we're just sitting there just <laughs> dynamic like, duo yeah we're just sitting there like holding hands like praying throughout the whole class like <laughs> test time comes and we like look at each other like puckering our assholes getting ready to get railed by the fucking exam you that she just gives you like that the really big crayon you're just <laughs> I mean, that's how I felt like in algebra. To write your shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that's how I felt like after that. And then immediately any other math class just hmm, like what straight down. Honestly, that that's what makes me mad because I feel like there are a lot of people and I've talked to Trevor. I mean, I've talked to a lot of people about this, but I feel like everyone can understand math. I feel like people, if you have an like a really bad initial experience, experience with all of that stuff, it it set, it kind of it puts this thing in your head that this is out of my league. Like some is, kind of mental block. Yeah, because like I mean, and this is I mean, kind of random side story, but my mom has always been like that. Like my mom is like, yeah, I just can't do math, huh? <laughs> like, and she acts like ditzy about it, and I feel like it's like a defense mechanism. It's like uh, this was hard a long time ago, and I just can't do it. And it's like what? no, if you like. Like everybody, if you sit down and try to do like math for the first time, it's it's hard. But like, I mean, the most beneficial things in life to learn are going to be not uh, in, like where you just fucking, instantly yeah, get it. Exactly. Like, yeah, that kind of harkens back to what I said earlier about like like really tough classes. That like you felt really accomplished when you did like like when you performed like at like your expectations are better. Cause I thought like after I was done with my like intro level like math classes like algebra and trigonometry I was like all right I'm done with math for the rest of my collegiate career and then my junior year in college you're like yeah you gotta take a statistics class I'm like all right you know maybe a little bit of math probably shouldn't be too much and like when I get in there, like they start doing like all these like equations that are like yep. pages long. Yep. Like I'm just writing like lines, of pa- and it takes like <laughs> yep. like a whole like just a regular notebook page of paper to do like one problem, and it's just like super long and complex formulas. And like at first, I'm just like, this just doesn't make any sense. But like, fucking buckle down, like studied the notes, and like worked with like people outside of class, and talked to my professor about it and everything. And she like worked really well with me. She was a good teacher. And, like, when I finally started getting it, and, like, I would do, like, wouldn't do great, like, on the test, but I expected to, like, go and, like, making, like, Fs or, like, Cs or stuff, and I'd make, like, high Bs or something. Just, like, fuck yeah, dude. I can do math. Dude, this is fucking awesome. Honestly, it, that that's the kind of thing that really makes me excited because, you know, I mean, with, we, we've had a lot of people talk about, like, college is stupid or whatever, but, like, that that right there is what college is about. Like you might not remember those same statistics equations right now, but the process of I don't think I could do this. I worked my ass off. I put in the work and I understood it. Like that. I mean, and the the reward it, that you get it from just, that is it just, it's it's not something that you learn like about like that specific subject. It's like a life lesson. Like if you just yes, if you 100%. put in like the right amount of work to 
get your desired result and you get it and it's super rewarding that's something that you just learned that you want to do and it just kind of propels further into your life with whatever else you do yeah and you know from then on that it's not going to take just minimal effort to get what you want because what you want might be this grade on this statistics exam but later on that might be the raise that you want or the the job that you want to get right it just teaches whatever. you work ethic yeah like I mean, it's invaluable. That's that's why I hate, like, oh, yeah, college, they're not teaching you guys shit. Like, oh, yeah, I bet you use that now. It's like, motherfucker, it's not about using that now. It's about you didn't want to fucking put in the effort, and you t- you chose that pessimistic quitter attitude, and well, you that's can why put you're that, not like, getting out, where you like want to be. Outside of college, you can put that with just a lot of different things. You can do that with, like, with sports or, like, in the workplace or, like, anything like that. Yeah. I yeah. think that's something that's really kind of lacking in, I mean, in every generation there's lazy people, but Everybody, I think like a, I think like a sense of work ethic, and especially since like with the experience I've had working when like managing like a restaurant, and I've had a lot of experience working with like people that are just like a few years younger than me, but I, I shit you not, I've had kids like, I'm like told, I'm like, hey, you need to mop the floor, They're like, how do I use a mop? I'm just like, what do you mean? Like. There's so much. I'll be honest with you. I would hands down be one of those people. I think there's a I've difference never between I've like, never used a mop in my fucking life. I think there's a difference between people that are doing it because they're trying to just like draw out having to do work. But like so, sometimes it, with my work right now, I feel like I'm asking a lot of questions that that might seem very obvious to someone that's done it before. But if you like, yeah, like some people just maybe have not like. I remember when I was younger, but. I didn't know how to, like, do do the dishwasher or something because I just didn't do the dishes a lot. And everyone's like, you never fucking done the dishes? Like, well, if, yes, if you've done the dishes, it's easy. But you could teach a monkey to do the dishes if you do it once. But if you have that's, the desire that you want to do it, like, if you ask questions and then you Well, there's nothing wrong with asking it, questions right. either. That but shouldn't be, like... if you're just lazy like, motherfucker, yeah. it's well, Yeah, I had, I had to have my, sh- my cousin, when I went to college, show me how to do laundry because I had never done laundry in my entire life. Well, yeah, and like, like, like some ever. people had that happens to them at different stages. Like, for me, I thought it was late for me. Like, I was probably at, like, eighth grade or something. Like, that's, for some people, if they've been doing it since they were in sixth grade or something, they're like, oh, this motherfucker never had to do anything. But then, then some people don't do it until they're in college. Yeah. So, I mean. Well, yeah, and my mom worked from home, too. So, like, in her time off, she would do all the typical housewife stuff like we never had to do anything dishes like any of that because she was just at home and that was one of her one of her things was like she couldn't just be still and relax she had to do shit so when she wasn't working she was cleaning the house or doing whatever so it's like it's not like i wouldn't have done it it's just like that was something that was never really expected of me to do so i never did it chore privileged yeah i'm chore chore privileged that's what it is a fucking slur for a while i was i mean pretty chore privileged but then it kind of that vamped up once we moved to my house uh, that near you. In uh, yeah. Like before that, I didn't really do shit really. But then when I moved there, that's when kind of the responsibilities yeah. came about. Well, of course, so. I mean, yeah. When when my mom died, like I had to learn how to do half the shit because then it was just me, my dad, and Savannah, and we're like, 
well, shit, only one of us knows how to do all this stuff. Like, we have to work together because mom did all of this shit. So we have to we have to figure this out. Just all three, like, huddled around, like, the washing machine, just, like, trying to, like, figure it out. Just, like, <laughs> They're, like, fucking banging on it. Like, There's, like, hammer and like wrenches out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's what it was like. It was, it was interesting. That's one thing that I've told a lot of people this before, but I'm really glad, like, the way I was raised and, like, brought up, like, we're never, like, in need but we never like getting everything we wanted either it was like a good mix but like i hated it like back then but my dad was really really good about like teaching me how to work to get things that i wanted because i would get super jealous of like all like it was really like petty stuff like back then like kind of like just kids like wanting like the newest thing like i'd be mad that i didn't have like the newest like gaming system or like the newest like whatever anything that all my other friends had and they would just get it like as soon as it would come out and i'd ask my dad and he'd give me like the like complete like default answer be like hey dad i want an allowance he's like well i allow you to live under my roof (laughs) and wear my clothes and eat my food and like at this time like uh he's a fucking asshole like this is total bullshit and then there'd just be days where I'd be doing like the most like bullshit work and we'd be like out like all day and like my dad would give me like no reasons for it He'd be like, grab that post hole digger. I'm like, I don't know how to use this. And he'd show me how to do it. And he would just ride my ass like all day. Like I'm just doing like slaving out in the fucking 100 Texas degree summer heat, like digging holes or like ditches and stuff. And like after we'd get done, like I'd work for like five hours or something. And he'd like show me, he's like, all right, now this is what we're going to do. We're going to have to like build a fence here or something. And he would like go through and explain it. And then like afterwards, like he might like maybe like a week later or something, he'd like buy me like a video game or something. I wanted to be like, here he's like that's your work for helping me with those post holes earlier he's like you put in work and you get something done and i remember distinctly one time i was hanging out with one of my friends like during the summer and it was maybe like my freshman or like sophomore year in high school and they're pretty well off and they were like going out to like i don't know to go do like some fun shit like on the weekend or something it was like a saturday or something and they're like yeah Chandler, you want to come with us tomorrow and they're like we're gonna go out I just, fuck i don't know we're gonna go to like six flags or something i was like i can't i was like i have to work with my dad and they're like Really? Like, what are you doing? I'm like, we're like, I don't know, hanging sheet metal or something. We're building something. I was like, I can't miss it. I was like, got to work with them. He's like, wish my kids would do that. And so I, I feel like that's something that a lot of kids like don't have Mm. to experience just doing, just, just working and like not getting immediate rewards from it. And that's something that you're going to experience all throughout your life because you don't get immediate rewards while you're at work, but you have to work your entire life and there's no way around it yeah I mean, and you have to learn that at a young age i mean not really super young obviously but at some point before you reach adulthood you have to learn some kind of work ethic yeah and if it's not if your parents aren't doing it you've got to learn it somehow in school like doing an extracurricular activity like sports or band or anything but you have to build up some kind of work ethic to be successful any kind of remotely successful unless you just make it by like dumb luck like you're the fucking dobre brothers or the fucking jake paul <laughs> or something then you just blow up for no goddamn reason but yeah i, I mean i'll i'll be honest i i, <laughs> I kind of grew up uh, a little bit like that so my my main work ethic work ethic that i had was in was in school that was where i you know, I, I pushed myself really hard. I mean, that was really instilled in me from my from my parents. They're like, you need to take this shit serious, and we expect this of you. And so I, I always did my part, and I did really well in school. Uh, 
But I mean, I remember growing up, uh, (laughs) my dad wanted to fucking strangle me half of the time when we would, he would do any kind of manual labor stuff. It just didn't click with me. I couldn't like, he would ask me to help him out with stuff. And I just had no idea. I half the time I just get in the fucking way because I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. And none of the stuff he had ever said to me made any fucking sense. And it just bored the fuck out of me. So, like, I just never... Uh, I know he wanted to... Because my dad's a, su- he's a super hands-on guy. And he's a big troubleshooter. He wants to... There's a problem. He wants to figure it out. He wants to fix it himself. And I'm like... I'm the kind of guy... I'm like, dude, fucking call somebody. Like, I can't... I can't deal with this shit. But... Yeah. And, like, I wish I would have taken on some of those lessons a little better. But as a kid, that's just how I was. Like, I, I just couldn't... It, it wasn't one of those things. But in school, that's where I really... I would say excelled and really did push myself because there were some of those classes that just beat my ass. And I was like, no, I have to do this. And I remember people would ask me, be like, dude, you're fucking, you're super smart. Like, how do you love school and stuff like that? I'm like, I fucking hate school. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just, I have to do this and it's for my future. So I'm pushing myself. I'm trying to be as good as I can be. Well, that shows off too, because you're pretty disciplined now. Like, I mean, you have a weekly like routine, like you go to the gym all the time. You're pretty dedicated to like learning, like, instruments and practicing guitar and stuff so i mean it does show off it might not be in like knowledge of like handiwork but i mean it shows off in other facets of your life that's why i don't like like some people think that you have to follow like let's say if someone gets successful doing something a certain way because they had certain experiences like it doesn't have to be a cookie cutter right this is the only way like i think it's just more important that you have something that will motivate you to work hard because i mean like it's like okay everybody loves the underdog everyone loves to see someone come up but once once you get to the top all everyone wants to do is see you fall and it happens throughout history so everyone wants to see sam walton make himself a millionaire and a, a billionaire and and start a huge corporation but then they're like oh fuck walmart like oh like his kids are just living off of his money and stuff well I mean, all the time, like, imagine if you had kids and you worked your ass off your whole life and you made money to where they, they could have it better than you did, which is literally everyone's goal is, is for their, their kids that have something that you didn't have or to, to provide right. something. And then you want to try and make your kid's life some, like in some way better than right what yours was. But yeah, so it's like, okay, you can either look at it like, well, they're just well off, like they don't they don't work hard or whatever. I mean, some people start off with a million and they turn it into a billion. So some people start off with a billion and turn it into twenty billion. So, I mean, you ha- people just have to find something that motivates them. Like, for me, like some of the stuff you're saying with your dad, like I wish I had some of that. Like, you know, maybe not at the time because it's a pain in the ass and it's hard shit. But, you know, like my parents split up when I was twelve. And then, which is kind of entering into the meat of your life, like, yeah. eighth, you know, mm-hmm. seventh, eighth grade, high school, like, that's kind of coming of age stuff. Yeah, that's right. When you're going through puberty and you're really, like, starting to, like, kind of form who you are. Yeah. Kinda... And I never had, like, I I don't know how to jumpstart a car. Like I w- Like, I want to have those times where my dad would pull me outside and, son, this is how you, how you jumpstart a car, like. I pretty much taught myself how to uh, change a tire. Like I just kind of like figure out how it was. But like I'd never have like come out here like we're gonna learn how to change a tire. Like I, I mean, it sounds weird, but what motivated me was like 
you know, growing up in a lot of that bullshit was I I don't want my kids to ever have to have to deal with any of this shit like not uh, like not knowing how to do something or no like I mean there were, okay so there was like a time like you know whenever my parents were together we had you know nice house dock pool like pretty good house and stuff after that like shit pretty much hit the fan we were living in a like tiny house in West Walkney like piece of shit like then we moved in with my grandparents and I lived there for like years like sharing a room with my sister like and I just I I just always had a drive to do to to for me it was to make money cuz I I thought like you know, the whole problem with all this is that my like my mom doesn't have enough money for this or like and I'm like I don't want my kids to have to worry about this. I don't want my kids to be dealing with this bullshit or like I don't want like I see my mom struggling paycheck to paycheck like I want to not have them worry about any of that shit. Like I want them to have like a suburban fucking life. Like so that's what motivated me a lot. And I didn't have like those manual labor type lessons and stuff, which I honestly now like really wish I did because I mean, if you asked me to like go weed eat the lawn, I'd be like probably looking at the fucking weed eater for 30 minutes like trying <laughs> to figure out how to start the weed eater. And like I'm not a dumb guy, but if you've never done a weed eater and no one has told you how to use a weed eater, like you're you're not gonna just instinctively know, and it's I don't know. It, then you kind of feel goofy, like you're a grown ass man. You don't have to know how to do like certain things that I would think that you know grown man should know how to do. Thank God for YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I YouTube everything. Like, I, I I do too. If I'm really like not sure on something, like oh YouTube, I'm like. There's got to be someone else asking this question too. Someone's got to make a video about it. And there is always. Yeah, 99% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it's just, yeah. I, I wish I had a lot of those things. And, but now I, I, I don't know, it kind of goes back to, I just think that if you can find something that motivates you, it doesn't, like, like you were saying, you didn't have to do a lot around the house, but there was just something in you that was like, I don't, you know, I don't know. It, it, it might have been different for you or whatever, but. I mean, everybody wants to have the big house. Everybody wants to have the chiseled body, but they don't want to wake up at 5 a.m. and go run five times a week. So, I mean, it's like literally just like, are you willing to put in the work that's required to get what you want? Like, It's just discipline because yeah. a lot of people just get really complacent with their life, and they that's and that just carries out like throughout – your whole life and then by the time you get to where you're 40 or 50 and you're sitting there thinking man i really wish i would have done like this or i really wish i would have done that or anything i wish i would have you know started that idea that i had for that small business or something earlier i think some people just it's like you either have it in you or you don't sometimes though because you can you you can be the son of a millionaire and be like why the fuck am I going to do anything? Like, I can just chill. Like, this is awesome. Or you could be the son of a millionaire and be like, I want to make my million. And you can, like, you can use that to your advantage, obviously, but you can make something of yourself separate from that. Like, it happens all the time. But there's two sides to the coin. Like, there are a lot of people that just fucking ride in and not have to do anything, and they're cool with putting in no effort and well i also also think that kind of falls under the parents too like not totally because you can't really just 
a parent can't force your child to be determined and have a drive to do something or to better themselves. But even if like you're a really well off family, like you don't even have to be like a millionaire, but like your kids are like never in like need of like anything. Like you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck or something. You still don't have to spoil your kids. Yeah, you can, that's true too. You can take care of your kids and give them a good life without making it a regular like habit of constantly having things that other families wouldn't have. Setting a precedent that you don't have to put any work and you're going to get things, whereas it should just be like if you if you had the means where you could do those things, like okay, yeah, you want a new PlayStation, well. You're gonna you're gonna have to work for it, like unless in, instead of just yeah, here's everything that you ever wanted just because you asked for it. Like it's just yeah, like you said from the beginning, it's this idea of whether or not you're gonna have to work your ass off to get what you want or not. Like yeah, I, I feel like it definitely does. <laughs> I, I at least in a small part kind of fall on the parents because you, you know my big thing was is I, I I wanted for not growing up. I mean my my dad my parents weren't we weren't rich but we were i mean i grew up moderately wealthy i would say like i I, there was never something if i wanted it i pretty much got it that's how i grew up but at the same time my mindset that my dad had i mean my dad is a dude who busted his ass to get to where he was i mean he went from we went from living in a mobile home my dad working two jobs to fucking support us to now he's a high up at a company we lived in this nice ass house. Like he, he worked from the bottom up. So my dad had always had this mindset that no, you're going to fucking work for like in, in some regard. And so that was his thing. His thing was like school, uh, at least for me. Cause he saw that's what I was good at, I guess. Uh, and that's what was expected of me was to, no matter what, bring home good grades. And, and so if, if I ever, if I lacked or if I didn't do, what I was supposed to, I mean, shit, I remember one time I, I brought home a C because, I mean, quite honestly, I, I didn't really do what I could have done to do better in that class. I just kind of made excuses. And he was like, oh, no, this is this ain't cutting it. And he, I mean, hardcore lockdown grounded me. I mean, took every, like, took my TV out of my room, fucking took my guitars. I wasn't allowed to have, like, any hobbies or anything. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't hang out with friends. I couldn't go to any of school functions, like nothing. The only thing I could do was just study. He was like, no, this is, this is important. This is what you need to do. And, and so that was the thing. Like if I wanted something, yeah, I wanted for not, but everything I did, I earned in a way because it was like, Hey, I'm doing good in school. That was what was expected of me. And if I lacked in school, I got nothing and he took it away from me. And that's how I grew up. So yeah, I feel like, I feel like it is a bit of the parent's responsibility to instill that in you in a way like, Hey, you know, you might not be good at this or that, but in some regard, you do need to have some kind of ethic, like work ethic in general. And that was mine. That was what was put on me as a child. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm grateful for it. I think that was something that was really important for me to have. And it taught me discipline and it taught me structure. And I feel like a lot of people need that in their lives to be able to better themselves. So maybe it's that you're obviously the parents not responsible 100% like all the way while you're growing up. No, but they need to plant the seed for it and like right. show yes. you like how to do it. And then yes. as you grow and mature, then you get to what Zach's talking about where you find like something that really drives and motivates you. And then yeah. you have the work ethic and the mental capacity to reach that because you learned at a young age to work. Yeah. And, and, for what and, you yeah. Want. And it doesn't fall completely on the parents. I'm not, I'm not one of those dudes. You can, right. you can be, you can do everything right. Everything right as a parent, teach them everything that you think you're supposed to teach them. And, 
all, everything in that regard, and they can still be just a lazy piece of shit yeah, who doesn't want to just and, grow up to they be. They just don't. Assholes. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. They don't want to work or be motivated, and they're bums. That happens too. So it's not completely on the parents, but right. I do think you as a parent have a responsibility to instill some kind of value in your child. And you can you can only do as much as you can, as much as that. Be like, this is really important. I'm going to do my best to fucking teach this to you. And at the end of the day, I did my part, and it's up to you to run with that part. Because, yeah, yeah. and it, at the end of the day, that, that that's all you can do as a parent. Uh, because it is up to you, in a way, to take those lessons and be like, you can you can be that guy that's like oh man fuck this like I hate this why is he why is he treat me like this I f- fuck it fuck it all I don't want to do this or you can be the guy that's like man this this fucking sucks like and you can take it and you can learn from it and you can understand why it is that they're doing that like maybe when maybe when you're ten you don't get it but then like you grow up later right. and you're like that- oh shit okay like I and like the things that you had instilled in you younger well that that's exactly what happened to me because like when I'm like. 10, 11, 12 years old, and I'm out in the blazing sun just, like, digging holes for whatever reason. Unbeknownst to me, I'm just slaving my life away to my dad. And then I don't really get any, like, small rewards, if any. But then whenever I start working and I was, like, sweating my ass off, like, washing dishes. That was my first job. I was a dishwasher at a restaurant. Like, I did not mind, like, working. And even when I was in sports in high school, like, I was always one of like the people that was always working out and I was super dedicated because I wanted to be better and I yeah. was not afraid to like put in work to want to do something because I my dad had been teaching me how to work to get what I want and even if it's like small rewards then it's still worth it if you're putting in the right amount of effort and that's something that's like kind of carried throughout my working career that I've had just like moving throughout my company or whatever even though it's you know it's nothing big but I've just never had like problems working. Like I've worked like 60, 70 hour weeks, which are hell. And I don't ever want to do it again. I don't recommend it, but I just, I could do it. Like I, I can work. I'm not a stranger to work. And I think that some people just lack that kind of mindset, but you don't have to be accustomed to doing that type of thing, like going way above and beyond, but you need to have something you, yeah, well, life it's is like, a life is a struggle. There's no way around it. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. I mean, it's I cliche, mean, but it's yeah. tried and true. Yeah, I well, and it, I mean, I completely agree with what you're saying because with me, whenever I was younger, like the common thread, like it wasn't even a question. It was like from the time, like I, as long as I can remember, it's you're going to college, you're you're gonna get a, a good education, like. And it was just kind of – it was burned in. Like it was mm-hmm. like any anytime anyone said anything, yeah. you're going to college, right? So in school, my parents never never even asked me, how, like, you stay on top of your grades. Like they, they didn't come home and open up my report card and make sure – like because I, I don't know. It's like they knew that I was, that I was doing it. Like I was just locked in. Like I, I had an, a motivation like early on and I didn't like – some people need that. Like, some people need their parent to be like, you know, did you do your homework today? Like, are you are you are you doing this for this class? Blah blah. blah. Like, I I don't think my mom knew what classes I was taking, but it's just that <laughs> yeah. I knew from the beginning what I needed to do, and like you said, like I ran with it. Like I, you you take like a fundamental thing that is instilled in you, 
and then you kind of find your stride and then you recognize what needs to be done yeah and then you do it and that's why i sympathize with people that because there are a lot of people out there where they come home and their parents are telling them oh college is stupid they they don't know shit you know blah blah i'm uh what, what are they gonna teach you up there don't like liberal bullshit like blah blah and it's like okay people have had that experience their whole life so i can understand why they don't pursue education or like they they fall into these just like jobs that they don't really like doing just like you know whatever fucking bullshit jobs that they just have found themselves in because from the beginning there's been this hostility instilled in them for education or college or like i mean i know a lot of people especially where we're from that that's happened to them and it's like what do you expect the kid to do at that point like i mean yes you hear the success stories of like yeah you know i grew up like that but i I just knew what i had to get done but you know the majority of the population if you put them in that situation like yeah you're gonna be like yeah this shit's stupid like i mean that's what Mm -hmm. your parents are telling you from the beginning yeah i feel like that just causes a snowball effect because if that let's say that one kid like who's always been told like his whole life oh you don't need to go to college it's bullshit like you just need to work hard at what you do or whatever it is and i didn't go get, to college and yeah yeah I, look, I at, look, look at my double wide trailer it's great ain't it and then i don't know why we're giving this person like a hick accent too kind of but <laughs> well, I, feel like, I would say most of the time because that's the profile yeah it is fitting like but I would say that most of the time, like that kid's going to grow up believing in those ideals and then they're going to live out how their parents were and become that person. And then it's just going to repeat itself. And when they have yeah. kids, they're going to say the same thing. I, I, well, my, yeah. well, my, yeah. my daddy didn't go to school and I didn't go to school and look what we got. We built it ourselves or like, like anything. And then it just keeps going. And then your family just doesn't try and reach up and get more than what the previous one did. I, feel I mean, like that, hey, it ha- I, it works. Like there will be people that are like that, and they say fuck all that bullshit, and then they'll be they'll work construction, and then they will end up owning a construction company. Like you right, can, if, a, if, you're, always... if you're motivated, you can get things done if you work your ass off. But as a Set... whole, on average, of the people that are told from the beginning, like that that shit's stupid. Those we... are the people that are going to work at Arby's until they're you should 35. never like. I feel like as a parent. <laughs> Arby's. Arby's sucks. <laughs> I mean, like, of all places you could have said Arby's. I mean, yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I you hate to see it, but I feel like as a parent, like you should never have a sort of pessimist pessimistic view towards trying to motivate your child to do better. Like you should never tell them like something that they shouldn't do or they can't do. Like you should always be encouraging especially at a younger age too like obviously like if your kids like 25 or something they're like living in your basement and they're just like yeah you think i think i'm just gonna you know just do coloring books you know i don't know i think it'll take off at some point or something it's very lucrative field <laughs> for sure but i mean if at a young age like you shouldn't try to instill into your child that they can't do something it should always be you should do this you should do better than what i did and that should always be the idea that's in the child's head. I, I feel like maybe it's could be something like where the parent like 
it's a pride thing maybe like, oh where they where yeah. they know like yeah. that they're not in the best position and i don't know like why you wouldn't want to see your children flourish and do so much better than you like if whenever i have kids i would love to see them have everything that they want like at a young age and i shouldn't be the person telling them that they can't do it or they can't do it this way or take this avenue because i didn't do it i think it's a big snowball effect like for the same things you were talking about like if you i feel like at least with us three like your dad is a a painter he works in like insane heat fucking all kinds of bullshit all day like your dad has been working his ass off forever. My dad's a mailman. Like he literally he's walks a quartermaster, in... <laughs> right? Is that is that a or postmaster? Yeah. Excuse me, no, quartermaster. No, 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 he is not. A, he's, he's not he, a postmaster. He's, for he's, sure. he's a side blacksmith, up and coming. Yeah, he fucking like every day slinging walks that mail. Around. Yeah, like in Texas, fighting the pooches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Pit he's bulls gotten in particular. bitten by dogs. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yes, not. I mean, not necessarily like affluent beginnings on any of the cases, but there is just this inherent like instilling of you need to work hard, or either not, not even like saying you need to work hard, but just by you in your life seeing that they are working their ass off all the time. It's like right. something that kind of slowly gets ingrained in you but if you had a parent that like didn't give a fuck or is lazy themselves because they have had the same experience from before if they're like living on like unemployment (laughs) checks or something versus like you see like your parent like come home like it doesn't have to be physical but like i would see like my dad comes home like pouring sweat and he's like been working out in the heat all day and yeah you know i see that he's working and then the things that we have like we're not well off but we're alive and we have the things that we need to survive and we're not ever in need of things. And I can physically see like how it comes to that because he comes home every day and he's tired and his back's hurting and he's covered in sweat because he's working. But if I, if I would have had it where he's sitting at home, like collecting a a check every month for like unemployment or like a disability check. And he like doesn't work because he's like running around the system or something or, you know, or he just doesn't have a job or anything, then I think, like, growing up, well, I mean, I have whatever I need growing up, and my parents don't do much, and they just kind of sit around and do nothing. So, I mean, this should be the same for me. Yeah. And it's like, and you don't have to tell your kid that, but they see it. Kids see a lot more yeah. than we expect. Well, and it's something that you don't real. it's like what you've been talking about before with the work and stuff. Like, at the time, you don't see it. At the time, you, or at least on the surface, you don't see it. You, you see it as why the fuck am I out here? This is bullshit. I'm, it's hot. Like, I, I don't want to do this. But then later on, you realize that that was important. And so it's like, at the time, you don't think about, oh, what does my dad do today? But in that moment, by seeing those things, you've kind of been being prepared for a long time of seeing what, like, this is what needs to be done to get things done. And then as you get older, then you understand it. And then you're like, and then Man, you can, like, and then you can apply that. it to your own life. Right. Yeah. But if you don't see that growing up, then you have no way to achieve the things you want. Because you could have the vision in your head, like, I want to have, like, you know, like, I want to have a nice two-story house in a nice, like, suburban area, and I want to drive a, a nice car and have a nice family. But then 
when you're growing up and you don't see like how to reach that because every day when you come home you're being told like you don't need to do this or you don't need to do that that's not going to make money or even if you're not being told it you just see it a laziness like that you're surrounded by then you don't know how to attain those goals i think it starts off at a really young age and it's something that just carries on throughout your life yeah and once you hit like that late like development stage like once like you're past like 18 like you get like through college like that's what worries me the most when i'm in college and i see like the most like lazy like students like i i remember there was one time i was in like a sociology class and it was super easy i don't know about anywhere else but when i took all my sociology classes were there's a few that were pretty tough just because it's kind of an oddball subject but it was like an intro level class or something it's just like super easy yeah like you could just bullshit your whole way through it and like the professor like told us like like a week like prior to this incident like hey we've got a test like next tuesday or something and they give you like the study exam that looks exactly like the test like mm -hmm. the same answers yeah. and like and he gives you like the answers for every question it's like exactly the same so like literally like memorize the study sheet and you make 100 on the test yeah and it's the easiest thing possible and we were sitting in class and the professor's like all right, y'all take out your uh, scantrons and your pencils. We've got an exam today, and this kid's sitting next to me. Like, looks over. He's like, "You have an exam today?" I'm like, "Yeah." And he's like, "Well, he didn't tell us this." I'm like, "Told us like a week ago." And he's like, "Well, I, I, I wasn't here for that. Like, I don't know." He's like, "Well, uh, uh, this is," and he was like getting like so upset and like butt hurt about. It. I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh, Dude. I love those I'm people." Like, <laughs> this is literally like the lowest like standard of like a class that you could have, and you're. I don't know how, like, you fuck it up. Like, when I see those people, and I just, like, that's what makes me appreciate my coming up. Because something that's, yeah. like, super easy that people have, like, just no desire to do or, like, the laziest things. Like, discussion board posts. Like, the easiest thing in the world. Like, they're stupid. <laughs> no one likes doing them. But they're they're so easy. Like, just, just a sit. Mon a monkey can do it. Yeah, just sit down, take... 15 minutes to do a discussion board post and do it but there's people that will fail a class because they don't want to do a discussion board post because they're lazy and i'm just that stuff just yeah. baffles me dude it's not even classes like that like even engineering it'd be like you i i have had people where it's like okay you you are on you have you've done well the whole class and you can make an a in the class if you do good on the final and they're like well, I'm already set. I could make, like, if I fail the final, I'll still make a C. And they just don't fucking care, don't study, and then make, like, a fucking C- minus or something in the class from the final. What? And I'm just like, I don't understand the thought process. It's like, if you put in all that work up to this point, it's like you've been working this whole time. That way you could have one little moment of I can, I can fucking be lazy and jack off and fucking not have to worry about it. Like, or you could just invest a couple more days and get what what you really should deserve and earn and but it's just like trying to find like what's the what's the best way i can the cut easiest, this one the corner. easiest way out yeah right? like like where, where is the make, where's the closest <laughs> corner i can cut so i can what's the best cut way it. to cut this one corner yeah i mean it's i mean it's just like <laughs> i don't know i don't understand the laziness it's like so weird that's like, that's happened to me just one time in college and it was actually last semester because i'm sure y'all you probably remember it. I don't know if you do, Trevor. I was talking in the group message. I was freaking out because I made a D in a class. And it was the first D I've ever made in college. I've made a couple Cs, and that was really just from, like, tough classes. And I just struggled in, like, that statistics class. I made a C. 
but I mean, I made a D in it just because I had a surgery, and so I kind of fucked around for like the couple weeks where I was just like at home, like fucking doped up on hydro, just like sitting in bed being miserable. But whenever I like found out like I made a D and like I like I was like calculating my grade like the last couple weeks, and I was like, even if I make like a hundred on the rest of my assignments, like these little like small things that I missed because I was just being lazy, like led up to this. I was like, there's no way that I can not make a D in this class. Like I felt so sick to my stomach because I was so mad at myself that I fucked around and I just completely blew this. And like most people like don't care about their GPA or something, but like, no, mine's like not great, but like I Mm. knew that it would be a detriment to it. I think I had like, like a 3.6 something, which you know, like isn't, fantastic but it's not horrible either I, w- and, I would say that's pretty good for like most everybody like i mean it kind of probably goes back to what you're saying about the laziness but they're i mean like i think what? you have to really be fucking up to get under three but people do it yeah and well, a 3.6 is damn near honors <laughs> well to finish that like it dropped from like a 3.6 to like a 3.53 and I was nauseous for like a whole night just because I like and I couldn't sleep the night because I was just thinking about it and I was beating myself up because of how lazy I was. And I was like my thought process like at the time, like not doing my assignments. I'm like, no, this is like my second to last semester. Like I'm just so fucking sick of this. Like I just want to be done with it. And like immediately, like in that situation where like I didn't do like that one like quiz where I was like, it's just like you know, a 20th of, like, my grade, and then it stacks on to, like, the next week, and I'm like, it's just one discussion board post, and then that domino effect, like, culminates into me making a D, and then I see that lower my GPA. I felt so bad for myself, and it's, I feel like some people, like, don't see that, and, like, they just don't care. Like, they'll make, like, a 30 on a test, and they're like, eh. Like that? It, yeah, I don't understand it. It's, yeah, no. I don't know, like, even at, like, this point, like, do you think, like, that's something that, like, that can be changed, or is that person, like, just set in stone, like, at this point? Like, once they've, like, become so accustomed to, like, doing, like, poor or, like, mediocre, like, at this point, do you think that there's a redemption point for them? I Yeah, I do. I think it's, I think people respond well to getting their ass kicked by something, and no matter what it is, but, you know, for me, like, like I was saying, younger, like, when my parents got divorced, like, that was a huge kick in the ass for me. Like, I went through a bunch of bullshit. Trevor's been through a bunch of bullshit. You've been through a bunch of bullshit. But, like, I mean, my I, my brother, I think for the longest time, he was, like, that way, too. He just fucked around, didn't even know he was going to college. Like, I think he spent a few years after he graduated high school just, like, fucking off. Like, didn't even know if he was going to go. But... You know, someone gave him a shot, and he got in there, and it was just kind of like he realized that he needed to get his shit together, and then he ended up doing well in college, getting a good job. But uh, it's like some people just have not had the kick in the ass yet, and eventually life is going to give it to everybody. And so when, you know, if you fuck around in college and you have a a 2.5 or something and you can't get a job, then maybe that's your kick in the ass, and then you – Maybe you have to go back and fucking work your ass off more or get a different job or, but eventually the kick in the ass is what I, I, forces I feel, yeah. people into doing. I feel what like they it do. makes or breaks you honestly as a person because that that 
Yeah, I feel like that's the main thing that makes people who maybe were unmotivated before or didn't really want to have want to do a whole lot is that major like life just completely fucks them one way or another, and they're like, man, that sucked. I don't ever want to be like that again. So I'm going to change my perspective or what I or my discipline or whatever the fuck I'm doing on this to to make this a better situation. And I feel like those moments make or break you because then. But then you have the yeah the flip of that. Then you have that mm-hmm. these people get that major kick in the ass, and it's like, hey, this should this could could potentially motivate you to do something better. And they're like, and they just stay in. And that they're hole. like, well, man, life just fucked me, and they just don't do anything about it. And like that that's that's to me that to me is the moment where it's like, like you were asking, are you is there a point of redemption? I think that is the point of redemption because it's like, okay, are you going to take something from this, or are you going to wallow in it and just be the same person you always were, and then just never be any better off from this horrible situation that was given to you because you can get a fucking you can get a shit hand dealt to you in life but you can flip that shit around you can always take something good from it no matter how fucking shitty it is you can take something good from it but if you don't have that mindset or you aren't able to recognize that or run with it in one way or another then there's a fundamental flaw in your perspective on life more basic cliche terms it just really boils down to it's time to nut up or shut up (laughs) I, I mean, I, yeah. it really does. I mean, it's funny. Like, people use it comically, but that, I mean, that's really what it is at, I guess, like, the smallest point. A lot of people just respond poorly to failure. Like, it, it, and you can apply it to any stage of your life. Like, you might be working your ass off for a certain promotion, and you might put everything you have into it, and you might not get the promotion. Some people, they fucking. They go into freakout mode and they just are like, you know what? I'm I'm done. I'm 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 not putting forth that effort again. And then they just fall off the deep end. But then some people are like, you know what? I'm gonna work my ass off even fucking harder. And now next time, you get there. But I mean, it's like that way in sports. It's that way in school. It's that way in like, oh, you know, I worked my ass off for this exam and I fucked it up. Like, yeah, I, I've worked my ass off for an exam. Like studied for two weeks straight for an exam. Went in and made like a sixty-two. And you leave there, like, you just feel, like, helpless. You're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. And then you keep putting in the work. You keep, like, if you don't let it get you down and you keep doing, if you keep showing up every day and punching your fucking card and putting in the work, like, it will work out eventually. Like, stack dimes. 100% of the time. Yeah. So, and, but some people just, at the first sign of adversity, they kind of like go within themselves and they, they, they let it beat them. And that's, yeah. I feel like that's ultimately what separates people from if you end up being successful or getting the things you want done or like, you know, you could be on a, a good diet for a while and lose two pounds and be like, you know what? I'm just going to eat what I want. And then you end up gaining 20 pounds. Or you could be like, you know what? I'm going to go even harder. And then eventually you lose three more pounds, five more pounds, blah, 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 and then you lose what you want to lose. Like it's. Do you think yeah. that's something that's taught over time or more like genetic-based? I honestly, that's what I'm saying. I, uh, at the beginning, I honestly think that some people have it and some people don't because I have seen I, people that they react a certain way and it might be learned, but it might be— say, I was going to say, I'll let you finish that, but I think it could be both. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Because I think there are some people that, you know, they've been given a shit hand and no one believes in them. And then it's like that one person can kind of make them believe in themselves. And then you see this shift in their life. But 
some people, I don't think it ever clicks. I mean, well, not I don't think. Like, some people it just doesn't ever click. And, I mean, it's, it's hard to say whether or not that they just have this, you know, predisposition towards that or if a, a particular set of circumstances has guided them in that direction because, I mean, you can never really tell, like, what the whole line of life, you know, experiences have happened to them that have led them to that point. But, I mean, yeah. some mm. people, I think it's just kind of in them. Like, I mean, you know, the second you think you're working hard, there's, like, one guy that there's is always working someone out five times a There's week always someone and, that works harder than you do. Right. So, you know, and whether or not that person – because I feel like some of those people, like these ultra marathon runners, I think they – they were born with that. Like, they were born with this fucking bulldog, like, insane work ethic. Like, I mean, yeah, they might have had guidance towards that, but, you know, there's a lot of people that got ridden their lives. Like, you know, you need to work hard and shit, but they're not out there, like, doing these insane things. So I feel like it's kind of like anything else, like athleticism. Like, you could train your whole life. Like, you're not going to be LeBron James because he – LeBron James was born into a, like he was dunking a basketball in like sixth grade, like yeah he worked his ass off, but he had a very big advantage in the physical gifts he was given. I feel like some people were given mental gifts, some people were given motivate like I don't know work ethic gifts. Like I, th- I think some people just don't have as good of a work ethic as others, just from the beginning. Maybe there's some like qualities in a person that's not quantifiable that we can physically see like you can like with your example of like athleticism like obviously like if someone is born into a more athletic body and that's how they grow they're obviously going to be better than you at at athletics but there's there's just like some kind of innate thing that's a drive that's in someone that you can't measure and you can't really compare it to other people but you know what it is that's inside of you and you can't compare it to other people. You just have to realize what it is and then use it as a tool. And I feel like there's, there's a lot of things that's like that within people. Like you say, you can be like mentally stronger than other people. You can be spiritually stronger. And there's a whole lot of facets about characteristics of people that we can't see, and that we can't measure in like a type of like number of way or anything like that. It's not quantifiable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even with even with like knowledge or like intelligence like yes there are metrics that you can measure like certain things but it's you know it's to a point like there are people that i mean i think it was on the joe rogan podcast recently they were talking about it but um like intelligence like okay yeah like you might score in the top one percent on the act but you know paul mccartney might not have scored that much on the act but he created some of the most like I don't know revolutionary music in the history of the world and that requires a different kind of intelligence but it's not something that you can put into a number on a piece of paper like it's just something that you have to see through people's works like and I mean if people aren't have no desire to put in any kind of work then I mean it's hard to really see what's going on in their head because yeah. mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like there's a big thing uh, as far as like the development of a person. It it, it kind of comes down a lot to your mindset and and also how you view failure. Because I feel like for 
a solid 90% of people, the reason they don't do or reach the potential that they could potentially reach is because of a fear of failure. Um, and I feel like that's in a lot of us, and, and even, even the people who aren't necessarily as afraid of it as other people, like we all we all are afraid all, to fa- to fail. Yeah, you don't want to do it. In some way of your life, no yeah. one wants to fail. Failing is a shitty fucking thing, and it makes you feel terrible when you do, but... Um, it's a fucking old adage, but it's true. Like you learn so much more in failure than you do in anything else. Because when you fail, the main thing you learn is the thing that didn't work. So you know how to approach it better the next time. But a lot of people are afraid to take, to even take that first step because they're so afraid of, well, man, like what happens if I fuck up or what happens if it doesn't work out or, you know, then you fuck up. Yeah, one uh, big people. Yeah, people mistake. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the, a mistake it, it, that we're here right now, really. Anyways, and it, we just kind of lucked into this, like that we're here right now. Honestly, like yeah. human beings. So I mean, you should never be afraid to want to try or like venture into something. Yeah. And well, and that's the thing that people people let that fear hold them back so much that they never try it. And what they don't realize is that well, who cares if you fail? Because if you do fail you can take a lot from it. Like you can learn a lot from failing about something. The person that always, I would say, and I don't mean to cut you off, but I would say that the person that always cares the most about if you fail is yourself. And or at can, least it should be. I feel like well, with some I, people I, it's not the case, which well, is, oh, that's true. But I mean it like, yeah, in a way where yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like where you're where like, where you overthink it, where you're just like, man, I don't know if like, it could be something simple. Like, Oh man, I'm scared to do, karaoke on thursday night i really want to but i'm really like scared like i'm gonna get like laughed at or something but like the people like out there like they don't give a shit like if you go out there and like you sing bad or something like i mean it's not like they're gonna like do anything like immediately like right and my biggest thing about that is in a way yeah but you don't want to fail yourself right and so you're scared to take that first initial leap of it yeah well my, my biggest thing about that is that like okay well you're the dude up there fucking doing it I don't see any of those other fucking people down there like singing carry. Like you're the guy doing it. So it's like, you already have the advantage. So who cares if you fucking fail? Like, Hey, you tried, like maybe it didn't work out. Okay, cool. But you, at the end of the day, if you do everything you can possibly do in a situation and then you walk away and you fail, then you, you can walk, you can still walk away satisfied. Cause you're like, you know what? I did my fucking best, man. Or, or I put in so much fucking effort into that and it didn't work. And Okay, now I know that maybe that's not my avenue that I take, but you know what? I did I did way more than 90% of other people are willing to do. Uh, people are so afraid of taking that first step, they're not even going to try it. I fucking did it all, and I failed. Fuck it. Who cares? On to the next thing. Like, that's, I think that's the best way of looking at it. I, I think that's, you, you can learn so much from that. I think it's very important. Yeah, I agree, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's just people, I don't know, I mean. Do you think yeah, it's I, getting, like, what you can what you can see do you think it's getting better or worse or kind of really not changing that much i I think it always i think it always changes like as culture changes as people change like i mean people from back then could look at this generation like oh they're lazy all they do is look at their phones or blah 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 or whatever it's a completely new world too though right well exactly it's always a new world so the people that were before them were thinking the same things about them but like it just you know everyone has their own different set of circumstances but I, I don't really know if it's getting better or worse I mean that 
in our little sphere of the world, I feel like it's getting a lot better. Like I think with with more, you know, as technology grows, as freedom of information grows, as availability for these, you know, these helpful resources that can plug people in that have the desire to do great things. It, it's it's even easier to get access to these things now. Like for those people, it's only going to accelerate the things they want to do, but it also introduces an avenue where it can make it easier to not want to do anything because I can just fuck around all day and I can just just look at my phone all day and not do shit. Like so, I mean, I think ultimately it always comes down to the person. Like if you are motivated and you have this desire like you're you're going to find a way to mm-hmm. make things happen but if you're not you're not it doesn't matter like what time it is like it's been the same throughout history yeah i feel like it's just really important for people to find something that they are motivated about in one way or another because yeah i mean because we've talked about this a lot um you know, one thing that's really one thing that I'm really big on is I feel like every person should have some kind of hobby or something that they are really uh, legitimately passionate about, other than just you know going to work every day. Because then, because it's like if everybody can find one thing that they are legitimately interested in and passionate about, then like that gives them a whole new purpose of living, and it and it can teach them a lot about a drive, really, just what it means to work really hard towards something that you care about. I think that's really I think that's really important for every person to have uh, in one way or another. But uh, I don't know. I see I, I see a lot of people not doing that, not uh, trying to find something, maybe branching out a little I, bit to find their interest. Because I mean, like you know, I have I have my I've got something to add on top of that. Whenever you're through, okay. Well, I mean, because like I have my, I have my sister, right? And you know, I love her to death, and she has basketball. I mean, she has like some sports stuff that she do that she does, but. For the most part, she's bored out of her fucking mind because she doesn't, she didn't really do a whole lot. Like she comes home and she watches Netflix and she naps, and like that's it. And it's not just her. There, there's a lot of people that do that. Mm-hmm. Like that's their their hobby is just sitting and mindlessly watching shows all the time. Like that's it. That's all they do. And I'm like, no. And, and then some people, uh, because of that, then they're like they're like super depressed because they feel like they don't have any meaning in life and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, dude, that's okay. No offense, but that's partly your fault because all you're doing is just coming home and you're not venturing out into new avenues to to put your time and effort into. You're just coming home every day and tuning out of the world. Like going back to the escapism thing that we talked about in the in the other podcast. Just you're not really doing anything to better yourself or to, or to find yourself. You're just mindlessly coming back from you're trying to escape from life. And I feel like that's a that's a really big problem. I feel like people need to be more in tune with that. Yeah, I think like one of like the most like sad human beings, like type of human is the one that doesn't have a hobby or they don't have like anything that they like to do like outside of work. Like they go to work, they clock in, they work, they clock out, they go home, they watch TV, they wake up and they go back to work. Yeah. Like there's just no substance in that type of life. And to be fair, some people, they do enjoy that. Like, if you enjoy what you do, say, for a living, like, that is your thing, then, like, well, that's, right. that's I've, fine. I'm thinking more along the lines, if you're doing, like, like you're in, like, the 9 to 5 rat race where you're doing a job you're that just, you don't yeah. want to do. Like, you're just, you're just doing your job because it makes you money yeah. and it's keeping you afloat. But if you don't have, like, something that, like, 
that you look forward to, like something that you're thinking about that you want to do. Like even like right. if it's not like directly like in like your work or your career that you're doing, if it's not something like outside of work where you're not like even if you're if you're at your work and it's not what you want to do, but there should be something like you're thinking about like man, whenever I get home from work, I can't wait to like learn like that new riff that I've been trying to play on guitar or something or it doesn't even have to be like something like immediate like like that like a typical like hobby like there has to be something that you want to get out of life because what you get out of life is really kind of what you put into it and if you don't put in any kind of like effort to learn something new or experience new things then it's just gonna be as stale as you make it yeah, you're also doing yourself a big disservice because I mean you miss out on a lot. There's a lot of the world to see. There's a lot of shit to do. A lot of stuff you can learn or have I, fun with. And if you just get caught in the, because don't get me wrong, it's easy to do if you work that nine to five. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get caught in that trap of just doing that. Just like man, I work nine to five, I come home, and then I don't really feel like doing anything. But you can't let yourself get stuck in that rut because if you do, you miss out on so fucking much, so much. I feel like with that the people that are in that kind of situation they think of a hobby kind of like a chore almost because it it challenges them a little bit like your hobby it doesn't have to be immediately like really challenging but it should provide something to where there's some sort of like everybody needs to gain. be challenged yes I like yeah there, i feel like there's an inherent joy in a challenge for most people even if even if you're lazy you might it might be a video game that you're playing you you get something out of feeling challenged. Well, you get but, something out of beating the video game. Yeah. Because you, you like get it, something out of the accomplishment. It's frivolous. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like it's, yeah, like it's important to challenge yourself. Like you have to put it upon yourself to seek out those challenges because it's going to make you feel better. Yeah. And it's going to make you learn it, new things or just. It's just mental growth. I mean, yeah. Because I mean, your brain technically i guess is a muscle just like any like other type of muscle in your body and if you want your biceps to get bigger you go and do curls and if you want to get smarter at something you have to do something that challenges you and there's no like easy way around that you can't try and cut the corners on that you need to find something that it doesn't have to be a big challenge but just something like slightly that you know is something for you to overcome and that just goes back to us talking about it adversity and maybe those type of people that where they do come home and they just watch like tv and then wake up go to work come home eat watch tv like maybe they're that type of person that doesn't want to face the adversity because they're scared of it and that yeah that's i mean that's definitely a thing that's very true i'm I don't know. I, I feel like the whole the whole idea of a hobby, it, it, no matter what it is that you're doing... You should just enjoy it. Yeah, well, and see, that's the thing. Like, you're going to enjoy it, but there are going to be those moments that are frustrating about the hobby. Like, okay, you know, you might enjoy the idea of picking up the piano and you kind of like the way or, or whatnot, and, but then halfway down the road, you get into, like, man, you just really can't, you can't hit this melody right. Well, I mean that doesn't mean you you still don't enjoy it and it, it i mean it's something you have to work on and it's you have to it's, enjoy a challenge yeah and like that's yeah exactly that's where that's where the challenge part of it comes in it's like well that's the moment where it's like hey i still enjoy doing this and i want to learn how to do it like i have to put in the work to to get better at it and to also be able to enjoy it more and if you stop short there you're doing yourself a disservice is really what it is 
and I can go back to what Zach was talking about in school when he like studies for like two weeks on like an exam and then he fails it and then you know the next one like he studies even harder and then he makes a little bit better grade like that reward that you get from that from putting in that work is so fulfilling it feels so good oh yeah it oh yeah dude i took this oh i'm sorry go ahead but you you can go ahead i was gonna start a story myself about oh okay like it's gonna be similar um well maybe um I would say one of the, one of the most fulfilling things I ever got, and it's so dumb because I, I didn't really even do well in that class. But I took this class at Tech, and uh, it was uh, it was just basic level accounting. But when I took the class, you know, we I had had my associates by the time I went to a major university, so I just jumped right into my major courses, and accounting was one of them. And I had no choice; I had to take this class with this one specific lady. Like I couldn't; there was nowhere else to transfer. Everyone else was filled. Like I had to take it with her. And I was also finance at the time, so I had to, uh, I had to do well in this class to, to be able to move on to the next class. Like there was no option. If I didn't, then I'm put behind pretty much half a semester at college. So I remember taking this class. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And I mean, just the most evil human on the face of this earth taught that class. Like she was fucking awful. She would do shit like. Uh, so she would give you all this homework to do and then she wouldn't grade it at all. And then like that day in class, she'd be like, all right, hey, I want you to work these five problems on the board. And so like, and she's like, all right, I'll let you get in groups. And then so we would all work it. We bust our ass trying to, and she was, she was also horrible explaining shit too, just terrible. And uh, then, so we would do these five problems and then she'd be like, all right, I'm going to take number four and that's a hundred percent of your grade. Damn. And so you didn't get man i'd be heated you didn't get number four right or there was something slightly in there you didn't understand you failed that was a zero and i i mean i freaked the fuck out about this class because it was it was such an important class for me to do well in and i no it didn't matter what i did i could never get ahead so i mean some of the other so this is where i had to kind of sacrifice a little bit because it was like some of those other classes i could have easily aced that semester i had to put on the back burner and just make B's in because I had to put so much time and effort into just passing this class, like just to pass it. And, and like for me, school has never been a, like a challenge for me really. Cause I've always been pretty good at it, but this class was so, I was, I was legitimately where I was going to fail it and I couldn't, that wasn't an option. So, I mean, every day come home, like go back to my dorm and just fucking read the textbook, like word for word, just sit there and fucking drill in my brain. Like some of the people I met in college wanted to, wanted to go out and have fun. I'm like, I can't, I got to study for accounting. They're like, dude, you're always studying for accounting. I'm like, I know. And so, yeah, I had to make B's in some of those other classes. And so I remember taking the final and like, I had to make like an 80 or something on the final to pass the class. Like I was studying my dick into the dirt. And it, I mean, that that's what I had to make to fucking pass the class. And by the end of it, like I had done it and the whole, cl- the, uh, I made a 75 in the class. Dude, when I saw that 75, I was absolutely elated. Like, I, I didn't give a shit it was a 75. I put in so much fucking work to just, just to pass it. And honestly, it was a miracle that I passed that class because it was so fucking hard. Most difficult class I've ever taken in my entire life. Like, 10 times harder than Wiley. So fucking hard. But, like, that was what I could do. That's what I put all my fucking time and effort into. And at the end of the day, like, I set out to do exactly what I was. It was like, hey, like, this class is hard. You got to fucking pass it. It doesn't matter what it takes. You got to... And so maybe my GPA took a hit. And maybe I could have made some A's in some of those other classes that I didn't, that I couldn't put as much time that I wanted to into, but I didn't fucking fail that class. Like I did everything I could have possibly done to fucking pass that class. And I was so proud of myself when I made that 75. 
Right. It's because like, it, it's because it's something that it's a personal goal that you set. Yeah. And you achieved it, and doing that is so rewarding. It's and even more rewarding because it was very difficult. Yeah. If it was just a class you're taking and it was a total fuck fuck off class where, like, they're like, "Hey, this is the study guide. This is the exam. All you have to do is." remember the study guide and this is the exam i've had classes like that mm-hmm. like yeah. that's not Same. learning like that's not right how, like, no, that's it, not how it, life should be it's not how college should right. be and you make like an a in that class and you're just like okay yeah, that's what i expected but when you have like a class like like he described and then you make like that c and it's not obviously the best grade but it's something that you know it's not what you immediately wanted like at the beginning of the semester but you put your nose to the grindstone and you put in the work to, you know, in his case, pass the class, which is what he wanted to do. And he did it. And that is so much more rewarding than getting the easy handout. A. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Obviously the easy handout. Hey, has its, has its spot for everybody. Right. It's nice. You love it. (laughs) You love it to be there, but what you really get out of the experience is these things because it's something that you still talk about because it was so rewarding and you learned so much from it like that's what college should be is you have something that you don't think that you're you you work your ass off you stress out you fucking put in long nights you i mean you work you go to bed worried you wake up worried you fucking and that fear of failure motivates you into a necessity that i have to get this done i have no i can't i can't i have to study tonight i can't i can't go do that thing and when you pull it off i mean that's what college is all about is that that feeling that you get that you worked your ass off and you accomplished your goal like that's what sets the stage for everything else like that's just what you have to do with everything to piggyback on that before you started your story and I was going to say mine. Yeah, I was, was going like, to ask I, you with yours. Yeah. I was going to and I said I have a feeling that these are going to be fairly similar like I don't know about that. They are almost identical. Really? Okay. So All right. I I had this uh the hardest class that I've taken in college by far. It was uh my junior year and it was a senior level course. It was uh just criminal law and my major is criminal justice. So this is like the most like besides like the internship class I have to take next semester is like probably the most like important like content wise and like maybe not necessarily grade wise because you know most people don't look like you're each individual grade for like a certain course in the field i'm going into but i knew i was like this is a really important class i need to do well and when i get there the first day this teacher i have never been intimidated by someone under five foot more than this woman <laughs> like just just this, just this little old woman and like when she gets in there and she's like starts going over the syllabus she's like so like old school like hardcore like you don't wear hats in my class that's my rules and if you don't like it you can change your schedule you will not chew bubble gum in my class you won't over talk me like type of things she is just flopping her dick out on the table just (laughs) laying the fucking hammer down and i'm just sitting there just like petrified in my seat i'm just like well, I mean, I'm going to fail. I'm like, this is going to be the hardest. I can't wear my hat. This is bullshit. This is not a learning environment. I was like, I mean, this is going to be the hardest class ever. And there was a few kids that had, like, had, I say kids, there was a few people in that class that had had her before, and they're, like, taking her again. And, like, I didn't get it, like, at first. And we're like, and when I go through the class, and there's, 
a lot of times, like when Zach said, like you get that easy A and you don't learn anything because there's a lot of class. I'd say definitely the majority of classes I've taken where I didn't learn really much. But in this class, like you either learn it or you fail. And that's the way it is. And she forced you to be super interactive with your class. Like you had to talk like and like uh, continue on like a conversation or like a discussion in class, like at least like three times. And she would like note it down. And if you didn't, like you would lose like participation grades for that day. And that's something Mm. that no one wants to do. Right. And she forces you out of your comfort zone. But the biggest thing that like worried us in that class is she's like your final grade. She's like for your final, you either do like a 15 page like research paper or you participate in a mock trial. And it's just like a complete it's exactly like you would have like a courtroom trial, except, you know, it's just you're playing in the roles of whatever position you're in. And most people did that. And I'm thinking like in my head, I'm like, okay, I mean, it's just like a pretend like court thing like how like serious can it be and like she made us go to one of them that was for one of her other classes and this bitch had it on lock like we like we had this like this room like at the at the school and like i don't know some like building they had but they had it like set up where there's like there's a judge stand there's like jury boxes and there's uh like a section for the whole jury to like stand and they had like a jury of like students and then anyone else that wanted to participate and like she would invite like her like friends and family and like courage like the students like to invite like their friends and family and there's like 50 people like in attendance of it like it's like and she would get the i remember whenever i did mine it was uh, a defense attorney from rockwall county that was as the judge so it was like it was the real fucking deal and i'm sitting there and like i watch it and like we all watch it i'm just sitting there thinking i'm like oh my god I can't do this. Like, this is going to be so tough. And to context for that, I missed the day where we assigned, like, the roles of, like, whatever position you wanted to be. And so I got stuck with defense attorney. <laughs> and, like, I... Holy shit. I had to learn... Fucking Tom Cruise and A Few Good Men. <laughs> I, I'll get to that. <laughs> and, like, I, I swear, like, I had... And she didn't, like, really teach us, like, our positions, like, in that class. Like, she wasn't, like okay, well, today I'm going to, like, teach all the defense attorneys how to be a defense attorney, like, type of thing. Like, she, like, encouraged, she's like, you're going to have to figure this out, like, kind of on your own. She's like, use your textbook, use other resources to learn how to do this. And I had to teach myself how to be a defense attorney for the day. And, like, the whole, like, month, like, before, like, it happened, like, I was studying every single day, like, going over, like, the facts, like, in this case. And, like, it sounds, like, silly, but, like, it felt, like, so real like a real lawyer yeah like i i felt like a real fucking lawyer like i would be like sitting at home like and we had like all these like it's all like made up like evidence and like scenarios and stuff but i'm like it's like mock trial yeah basically yeah yeah that's what it is but i'm like nitpicking through like all this evidence and like highlighting things and like formulating like questions for like every single witness and i just have i still have the binder in my room because i didn't want to get rid of it whenever i was done with the class because how proud i was of it but like i remember the day before the uh, my trial was the next day and the day before I was in the library from 8am till 10pm just going over everything and that night I was like watching like all like these like motivation like videos on like YouTube and shit like I have to like pump myself up and like the next day like my class was at like 3 and like 
I woke up at like eight, like made myself like a fucking like power breakfast and shit. I watched fucking a few good men. I was feeling myself. <laughs> okay, I was there getting, we go. I was getting fired up. You're and... watching the fucking courtroom section of Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, like... dude, you gotta get that post nut clarity. Fucking, yeah. <laughs> fucking method Jesus acting. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Well, we and I mean we had to like dress up for it too. I felt like I was like a method actor. Like I had to like put myself into the shoes of a defense attorney. And when like I got to like before I left my house, I'm like reviewing everything and I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like in an hour and a half you're gonna be in front of a room of like seventy five people like acting as like a like a real like defense attorney in a fake situation. And I was like, I threw up before I left house because I was so fucking nervous. Yeah, Jesus Christ! Very wow. Oh, it was so horrible. And like when I got there, and like I didn't do like fantastic or anything but like you know i i did okay and like the, the we had they had it split up into three different groups the group before me did really good and i was super intimidated by that i was like wow i gotta follow up these fucking guys i'm like should have went first <laughs> <laughs> but like the group that went after me was just like a total shit show and she was like talking to all of us afterwards she's like first group did awesome second group she's like y'all did pretty good she was like you actually like learned the material she's like not the best and she gave us like like a 90 like one or something on it and she was like the last group i don't even want to talk to you and like type of thing but like after i did it and like i got done like like we ended up like winning like our court case like i was a defense attorney they found like my client like not guilty like i felt so fucking good from this because i put in so much work for this one part of this one class and it felt incredible when i got it you should be a lawyer dude oh my god (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the amount of work I had to do for a fake trial. Oh Jesus yeah, Christ! Taylor's hair went fucking gray for that one. I don't. I don't know if you can continue that. Yeah, dude. Imagine the fucking adrenaline rush of like doing it was it in real life. It, like, there's a part of it that was like really fun, and there's like times where I kind of enjoyed doing it. But I don't think I could do it for my whole life. But it's that type of thing where it was such a big, like, daunting task, and you can just be like. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna be able to do this. I'm gonna fucking fail. And you get up there and don't know anything. But I rose yeah. to the occasion. I learned yeah. my shit, and it wasn't you know the perfect like outcome. I wasn't you know fucking legally blonde up there, but I held my own, and I knew my shit well enough that I got an A on my presentation for it, and it felt fucking incredible. I felt like the king of the world that day. Like I remember like driving home from school, and I'm like windows are down i'm fucking like blaring the radio like fucking like screaming like the top of my lungs i felt so fucking good and it makes like yeah. all that like yeah. month of work before that it makes it justifies it it feels so incredible and you didn't get anything like that's important because you didn't receive anything monetary out of this it's it's literally the feeling of a job well done yeah. That made yeah. you feel like a fucking king going down the road, fucking flipping people off because <laughs> you have the biggest set of nuts in the world. Yeah, I could barely walk into my car that day. I'm walking down the hallway like fucking like this. I couldn't even contain myself. <laughs> goddamn fucking wheelbarrow to get your nuts out of the building. Dude, but yeah, I, that's fucking awesome though. Like, congrats, man. That's actually that's a really cool that's a really cool story. Well, that's something that. I mean, that just goes back to what we talked about earlier. Like, I didn't get anything from it. I got a good grade, which, I mean, is really good for me, and I was glad that I got it. But, you know, someone else could, like, see, like, that, and they could, I could tell that story and be like, I mean, you did, like, so much for, like, so little. But if you don't experience, like, even just, like, one time, if you just put in the work for something, like, 
it doesn't even have to really be a big thing but if you just set a goal like something that you have to work for and you work for it and you achieve it oh my god it feels so good and then you just want to do it again yeah and you apply that to other avenues of your life that need work and then you set goals for them and then you achieve them and then you feel good and then you feel better about life in general yeah yeah that, that's why i feel like people if, if you don't put yourself out there enough Maybe you're not. Maybe you have gone through a phase where you have found that you're not very good at certain things, and you get discouraged, and you maybe you don't even like doing it, and so you're like, "Well, whatever. I don't like doing this shit. Like, I like playing Fortnite, and I'm just gonna play fucking Fortnite all the time." Like, you know, for ninety nine percent of people, like that's not a successful route. But the one percent is ninja. Yeah. The, yeah. Exactly. And for him, it clearly great for him. Out. Not gonna work for everyone else. Yeah. But. <clears throat> If you continue to put yourself in a position where you are giving yourself a chance to be, to, to be good, to find your niche, find what you're good at, because you, you might not be good at any of these things. You might be good. You might find out you're fucking really good at, I don't know, choir, and then you do pretty good at choir, and then you're like, oh, this feels good because I'm I'm doing well in this, and it makes you want to do it again, and then you, it might be hard. And you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna want to work harder because you have had that taste of what it feels like to achieve or to to go beyond maybe your own expectations and it's just gonna motivate you to continue doing more things. But if you've never had like that feeling of any kind of success or interest or I mean any of those things, if you just feel like you're completely just in a rut and you're just doing shit to fucking you know you're just going with emotions like yeah i can understand why you don't want to work hard because you're not getting anything out of it like if you if you work hard you do and you're doing horrible or something and you never get out of this slump like it can be a pretty big beat down but some people just have to find their niche of like what they like to do like i love the idea of being good at guitar but I haven't went out and put forth effort to try to get better at that. It's just something that, you know, I haven't, I personally have not assigned effort towards being good at. But I feel like if anyone assigned a lot of effort towards something that they genuinely genuinely liked and enjoyed, big ass they're going to get better at it. Like, and you're going to enjoy it. You're going to get better. If you like doing it, you're going to want to keep doing it. You're going to want to be motivated. But, I don't know. I, I feel like some people just, oh, they're like, oh, well, I'm not good at basketball, so I just. I'm give not up. good at anything. Right? Yeah. No, exactly. Like, yeah. I, I'm not good at anything. Like, I suck. Like, I'm just a piece of shit or something. Like, well, it's you, very easy to beat yourself up. Yeah, I feel yeah. like some people just, you know, they get more beat up over things than others. And I don't know, like, like back to what we we're saying. I I don't know what causes that. I feel like maybe it is, like, genetic. Like, you are more. You know, you you are more susceptible to being beaten down by failure than others. Like some people, they fail and they're like, "Well, you know what? I'm just gonna try harder next time." And some people fail and they're like, "You know, I'm a piece of shit. Like I hate myself. Like, and it sucks." But I don't really know how to how you would bridge that gap. Like, because some people just fall off the deep end if they fail once. Like they they assign this. That I'm it a looms over yeah. them like this label of that you yeah. failed at this yeah. one thing that you are a failure. I feel like it just depends on how secure you are as a person, like in like in in who you are. 
because I feel like if you're more if you're more of an insecure type of person, then yeah, when you do fail at something, you're gonna take it a lot harder than someone who's like comfortable with themselves and who they are. Because then they're like, because yeah, because then those are the people who are like, okay, well, that sucked. All right, on to the next thing. Like, let me try again or whatever. But the people who are more insecure are the ones that are gonna be like. So then they take that that really uncomfortable step of branching out. And then they fail, and they're like, well, see, I shouldn't have done that anyway. Like, I, I fucking knew I couldn't do that. God damn it, I tried, and I, I fucking, look, I made a fool of myself, so I'm not going to do that again. Like, I feel like that probably has a lot to do with it. I, I feel like it's similar to the karaoke thing. Like, I feel like there are some people that if you went out and it, and you went out for a karaoke night, there's there's always, like, the one guy that's like, yeah, fuck yeah, man, I'll, I'll go up and do a song, and he's, he's fucked around, and maybe he makes maybe he makes a jackass of himself. Like, maybe he just, like... Gets too much dip on his chip, and he's up there, and he and, and, <laughs> every, everyone's fucking looking at him like, "Who's this fucking guy?" I don't think I've ever heard Me that. Me either. I, it, it's been around in Twitter, <laughs> but yeah, like, and if that were me. Like, if I had went out there and I'd put myself in line and I'm, I'm going to try to be fun and adventurous and everyone was looking at me like, who the fuck's this guy? Like, I'd be, like, trying to figure out, like, if we're walking outside how I can somehow get hit by a car. <laughs> 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 but, like, some people are just like, ha they laugh it off and then they don't care. They go do another thing. Like, I mean, and, you know, I feel like with us, you know, there are things that, you know, we don't completely fall out of everything. Like, if we fail at something, like, we try for more things, but... I'm definitely not in a place in my life where I just feel super comfortable, like, taking leaps. Like, I mean, and I don't even do them. Like, with, uh, karaoke is a great example because I feel like when I was younger, it'd be like, karaoke would be like, fuck yeah, dude, I'm going to go up and have fun and I'm going to enjoy myself and that energy is going to translate to other people and they're going to have fun and it's just going to be a big thing. But now yep. I'm like, what are they thinking of me? Like, yep. how how I yep. inter- you internalize shit and – we just need to get hammered one day and just go do karaoke. All those practice sessions of harmonizing Queen in the car, it's going to pay off. You know what? I brought it up for this reason. Let's go do karaoke. Well, dude, I mean, I'm I, you know what? I would be down. Yeah. Blackout drunk. But if I am at all sober, <laughs> I will not go near the microphone. You know, I actually, I actually put my name in for that. Th- or I was. No, yeah, I did. I put my name in for that one that one bar we went to. It was the the comedy club or whatever in Dallas that one time. Yeah, yeah, I that put was my fun. I put my name in for that because they were doing karaoke. I'm like, I'm gonna fucking go up there and do karaoke. But then we didn't stay long enough. I'm like, okay, so then we just left. But I was like, yeah, I was totally fucking down. Which it, it's funny because you know me being musically inclined, I actually have like a pretty big fear of crowds. Like that's one of my like irrational fear like i i am so unbelievably nervous speaking in front of people like hardcore like i remember in college uh like to do presentations i would i would rehearse my presentation i'm not even kidding like over a hundred times because i was just so nervous about speaking in front of people i'm like i'm not gonna fuck this up i'm gonna go up there and do it so yeah no but yeah so i just i remember that night i just threw my name and i was like fuck it yeah i'm going up there like let's fucking do this shit and yeah, we left. We left early, but whatever. But I'm down to fucking go. Let's go. Let's go do some fucking let's karaoke, do some karaoke, man. I'm, I'm down. Gonna have to, yeah, I know. I'm gonna have to get a few a in me. A lot of places that I'm, we could go for karaoke. Do I'm, you? I do. A lot of uh, well, because karaoke is a lot bigger in Asian culture. Yes. yes so I've been to a lot of Asian places where they just have like it's just a restaurant, but they have karaoke shit set up, and like 
That yeah. doesn't happen at a goddamn TGI Fridays. <laughs> like, <laughs> like no, no white motherfucker eating his Salisbury steak and shit wants to go up and go sing. But at these places, you know, they have like four dollar shots of Crown and shit. And then next thing you know, you're screaming in a room. <laughs> I mean, that's the only end result from a four dollar shots of Crown. I mean, it's just gonna end in someone singing. I mean, that's just the, that's the only route. You well, gotta yeah. have karaoke. Yes, or fucking... Or a brawl. Yeah, I was going to say, either that or getting into a fight with random fucking people in the streets. I mean, it's one or the other. You're going to harmoniously sing with a group of strangers, or you're going to try and beat every stranger's ass you see. (laughs) Alcohol's a fickle bitch. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we definitely should do it, because it's... I think it'd be fun. It'd be fun. It, yeah, it's, I mean, I mean it's not it. something that like we would like go do like by ourselves, but like when you're like with your group of friends, like it's like such like innocent like kind of fun too. Because I mean, like no one expects you to get up there and fucking blow it out of the fucking park. Like the expectation <laughs> is for you to make a fool of this yourself. This shit fucking sucks. <laughs> 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 Fuck like, you. Like everyone knows, like when you go and do that, like you're not gonna hear fucking the next freddie mercury you're gonna hear some shit but i feel like that's kind of like how well, that's like why what karaoke's talk- fun is that it's usually yeah. pretty shitty like well, if you're going to a karaoke where people are really trying like that's not for everyone like that's nah. for people that like singing in public and they want yeah. to show off their singing voice if you go right. to a well, bar where they have karaoke and you fucking are just in a room with your friends it's who can pick the dumbest ass song that they can no, possibly it, get. <laughs> well, then... yeah. Well, I was, I was going to say that that kind of goes back to what Trevor was talking about when he says, like, finding, like, that comfortability level. And that's, I mean, it's just a good example of, like, when you can just, like, turn it off and you just say, fuck it, I don't care. I'm going to make a fool of myself, and I'm going to enjoy the hell out of myself in the process. Right. Well, what you'll find more than anything is that you are actually your biggest critic. Because... Yeah. People, no matter what room, you, and, and like, I'll admit, I'll, I'll be the first to admit that I, I care a lot about what people think about me. And that's one of my big flaws. Everyone does. Yeah, and, and like, I that's... I think what, at some point. Yeah, that's one of my big flaws, but I also am able to recognize that that's a bullshit thing that I should flaw myself on, because no matter what room you walk into, people are already judging you. People will judge you for fucking dumb shit. Just, just absolutely dumb shit. So it, it doesn't matter what you do. Someone's always going to be like, oh, well, that's fucking stupid or whatever. So, like, you might as well just tune out the bullshit. And, like, at the end of the day, they don't care that much. Like, they'll have that thought, like, huh, you remember that dumb guy or whatever? But, like, they're not going to remember you five years down the road, a year down the road for should, the shit that you, you, you do. You should let those like, small little grievances that you think of dictate your life and how you live it. Yeah, no, not at all. It's like they're not they're not going to fucking – they don't really care that much. Like, in the moment, that might be, like – well, this is, they might be think like, oh, well, that guy's kind of weird or whatever, but that's literally it. Like, it doesn't cause you any harm, so it, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. Just fucking do the shit that you want to do, man. Okay, okay. this is kind of related, but uh, me, Trevor, um, Sawyer, and John were out the other day in Deep Ellum. Was that John? I, no, no, it wasn't John. It, it was, was me, you, and Sawyer? Fisk. It was Fisk. Oh, yeah, it was. Okay. It was Fisk. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay. So it was me, Trevor, John, or me, Trevor, Fisk, and Sawyer, and we were in Deep Ellum. Like, we were. This just, was when you had your yeah. housewarming yes. thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes, it was. So we were already we had already been drinking, and fucking everyone was just kind of got the idea, like let's just go out. And so we went out there, 
and we literally had like an hour and a half or something before Paint the ball. Like, like an hour, it, an hour maximum. There yeah. wasn't a whole lot of time. So we get to the first place and we get there and we're all in line and we're just like, you know, whatever, getting some drinks. And we look over and there's this motherfucker that is <laughs> tearing the dance floor apart. <laughs> oh, but, 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 but and, and everyone's hyping him up. But it's like, you can tell that it's kind of like a joke hype him up because he just kept trying to do handstands and shit and he was just really fucking hammered. And I'm like, I'm over there and we're talking about it and this dude just like, looks like a complete dumbass. And I'm like, dude, this motherfucker's probably on fucking mushrooms. Like that's how, that's how. No, he's probably on like fucking ecstasy or something. (laughs) He like thinks like he's like, Doing like the greatest dance like ever conceived. Let's do the rest of the story. So, so we're we're all kind of drunk, and he he comes over and he like does a handstand. He kind of falls over, and he's kind of kind of staggering towards our side of the little group or whatever. And I and we're just kind of like we're like high fiving him and shit. We're like, yeah, man, like you're kicking ass, or whatever. Like, we're like, I was like, man, how you doing that? Like, and he's like, look, man, I'm gonna be honest, man. It's the power of the mushrooms. <laughs> and he like he like gets up and he's like looking at us and he's like he's fucking bug eyed yeah, like yeah dude pupils are non-existent. Dude, he was not he was not in the same place as us. Like he might have no. been on the top of that bar, yeah. but he was somewhere else. And he was like, good for him. It's the power of the mushrooms. Good for he's him. like, and he dude he was having the time of his life. And we were oh, like, yeah. as soon as he said that, like he was trying to talk to us serious, and we were all just like. Almost on the ground, fucking laughing. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious because we were just talking about how that dude's probably on fucking mushrooms, and he comes over and he's talking about the power of the mushrooms, <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, man, you know, I've never done this before, but you know, I'm now I'm just doing handstands." <laughs> yeah, like, oh literally, like God, he had said, dude. he had never danced before because Sorry was like fucking with him, man. He's like, "Hey, man, are you a professional?" He's like, "Ah, oh, nah, dude, it's the mushrooms." Like he fucking, it was hilarious. Oh it was so funny. Yeah, but, I mean, well, I mean, even if like you're not under the influence of drugs, if you can't just cut loose and be stupid, like even it doesn't even have to be with your friends, just like just be like genuine and yourself and just have fun. And if you're too scared to have fun because of how other people like you, how you yeah, that's, perceive that's how true. other people will think about you, then that is, I mean, that's just. It's no fun, and it's just so shitty. That's just like, not the way you should live. Yeah. That's not how life is not, meant to be lived. It's easier said than done, obviously. Yeah, no, right. Yeah, <clears throat> and it's something because, like, you know, when you live life, you kind of fall into complacency here and there, and it's something that it's a difficult mindset to get into some days because, like, you know, you go and you have a bad day at work or whatever the fuck it is. You're like, man, this just. I, I feel like I just can't be myself or what. Are you feeling insecure about one one thing or another? But when you find when you just let all the bullshit go and you just you know maybe you're a couple drinks in or whatever and you you like a few grams that, of mushrooms that, yeah, and you, yeah. fucking shitload of, shitload of mushrooms <laughs> in and you're just like you just finally let go and you detach it's just it's such a liberating feeling because you're like i can just be me and it's, it's weightless almost yes you, you exactly. don't have like this heavy burden of yeah. how you how you perceive others judgment onto you yeah and you're just living in that moment and being yourself. But honestly, it, I, I've, I found this to be true sometimes too because, I mean, it kind of depends on what you're doing, but sometimes even if, if you were going in with the idea that I am deliberately trying to impress people by what I'm doing, even if you 
receive like even if you achieve that and you impress the people that you're trying to impress sometimes it's not even as as satisfying as you think it's going to be mm-hmm. because you ultima- this... ultimately you're more concerned about what others think of you rather than your own experience and right you're like you might as well have just had fun and done what you wanted to do but man i concern myself with what that one guy thought of me oh he thought i was pretty cool oh well that's good and you just kind of like okay yeah mission accomplished instead yeah. of like I should have been fucking dancing this whole time, not worrying about it, having a good time, and then letting those things happen naturally. Yeah. Like because people like that. Like, you know, some people are gonna shit on you, and that's the hardest part to get over in the beginning is that people are always gonna shit on you for going out of the norm. Like if you're if you're the guy that goes up and do, does karaoke, you know, there are gonna be people that are gonna be like, oh yeah, he's got to get up here and do that. But then at the end of the day, those are the people that you're going to respect more because they put themselves out there. Like, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. hundred It's kind of like post yeah. Malone right now. Like post Malone has become a really successful. He's like one of the top rap artists at the beginning. People were making fun of him. He, he was like this goofy fucking white dude with cornrows and with a grill. I and knew everyone thought yeah. he was going to the next riff raff, but then he, he just kept being himself. He's just like, this is just like, he just, this is just how he is. Yeah. And everyone's like, Wow, like I can feel that that's genuine, and then people start relating to it, and then they support it. Like, yeah. But if you had just heard their initial reaction, if you were him, and you're like, okay, I gotta change this. Like, I gotta, I gotta be what they want. Like, you're not gonna get to where you would have been if you would have just been yourself. Yeah. Isn't it kind of weird how you can always, like, not always, but usually the majority of the time, you can always kind of see that veil between authenticity. And what someone else has created. Oh uh, well, there there's a lot of times where it's more obvious than others, but yeah, there's always just like a general feeling that like you, you can, can tell they're like, being disingenuous. You, you, you can't really like say like it's one thing or another, but you you just know. Dude, it happened all the time, like in class and stuff, like where particularly I would be in a like you were saying like sociology, right? I would be in a sociology class, and I would I would genuinely like. I, I took one sociology class. It was like an elective because I had to take it for like a university thing. You know, mm-hmm. just like everyone has to take like bullshit classes that aren't related to their majors. And I, I, t- I, had to, I took a sociology class for like a writing credit. And I took it and I genuinely like – I learned a lot from that class because the professor was awesome. He was knowledgeable. He was just – he was just awesome. And I would be in class and people would – they would raise their hand – and they would ask a question, and you and I, I knew that they were not asking that question because they were genuinely curious about this one thing, but they were asking the question because they wanted to give off this impression that, oh yeah, I know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pose this interesting question for the, for the professor for like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to seem like I'm. I don't know. Like I've had people throughout like high school, college, like, kind like, of like like they're like trying to put forth this. It's like a big prospect facade. of like pseudo intellectualism, like yeah. type of thing. Yeah, and and you know it's bullshit, and it's not even like related to what we're talking about. It's just like I'm just gonna throw this out there, like yeah, they just throw like sim- some oddball thing to... out of left field, right? And it's like you know if you were genuinely like interested in this thing and you really wanted to learn, that's one thing. But I know that's not the case. I know it's just because mm-hmm. you want to hear yourself talk in front of the whole class, like, and you know instantly. 
And yeah, like exactly. I, I feel like you know instantly. Like you know those certain situations. I, I had that happen quite a few times in college, and it was always so nice. Like watching the professor just like take a shit on them or something. Like if they like trying to like come up with like some yes. bullshit thing, and I'm just sitting there like not saying anything. I'm just, like, just I'm waiting. just sitting in my desk, and I'm just like waiting for the professor to like say something, and then they just like go off on them. Like they're not like excessively like mean to them, but they just like you know out like. They just show them like how they're wrong and like what they're saying or something, and the kids just like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and then just like don't say a peep for the rest of the class. I'm just sitting there, just like, like this, and in my head I'm like, you fucking get him, professor, <laughs> you bust his ass, <laughs> yeah. show him what's up. I, I literally th- that this one sociology class, someone asked a question and they asked a question that he had already like discussed like five times, but they were just they were asking a question that. I don't, I don't even think it was because they weren't paying attention. It was just because they wanted to just throw bullshit out there to try to seem smart in front of the class and continue the conversation more. And the professor was like, um, we've, we've discussed this ad, ad nauseum for the past 30 minutes. We're going to move on. And he literally just fucking – he literally <laughs> just, just went straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you're just sitting there like – i I think the most memorable thing from that in my college experience it wasn't because someone was trying to be like super smart but they were just so painstakingly dumb like the professor had no choice but to put him six feet under (laughs) like someone had to do it and it was like and this happened in the same class and we were talking it was a sociology class we were talking about like something i think it was when uh bill o'reilly was like going through like his like sex scandal like uh like charges thing and he was like talking about like bill o'reilly or something she was like is is that the dude with like that does the talk show like with the red hair and he's just like uh no he's like he's an old man and she's like mm. and just like thinking about it, he's like are you thinking of conan o'brien she's like oh yeah that's him i'm just like okay you know what i can see it you might not be you know knowledgeable about that and uh Oh my god, like 10 minutes later, like just down the fucking rabbit hole. Like I, I forget like how we got on the discussion. We were just like going off topic. We were talking about like conspiracy theories or something. We were talking about like a JFK like conspiracy or something. And he was talking about like trajectory of like a bullet or like how like it didn't match up or something. I don't know. The context of that's not important. But the girl just like raises her hand and she's just kind of like like as soon as I see that hand go up, I'm like, here we fucking go. <laughs> and she's like okay so this is gonna sound stupid and as soon as she said this i was like oh which 100 percent of the time something dumbass <laughs> is gonna come after it i'm just sitting here in class just not making any movements like no facial emotions i'm thinking in my head i'm like my brain's not ready <laughs> and she's like so if you like shot a bullet up in the air would it come back down and could it like hit and kill someone and i'm sitting there like kind of like i'm like diagonally like behind her and i'm sitting here like this just like <laughs> and, the, and the professor just like as calmly as he can just says uh so when you throw a baseball like up in the air does it come back down she's like yeah he's like have you ever thrown anything into the air <laughs> And not seeing it come back down, she's like, uh, no. He's like, all right, that's gravity. Next question. And I'm just like, <laughs> sitting there just like. 
I'm just like trying my hardest not to bust out laughing. But like that type of thing, like I hear in like college, is what disheartens me the most. I'm just like, how do you like? How did you get here? How do you have a license? How did you drive to school? Like, how are you surviving? Like, Dude, uh, <laughs> that that was the honestly. What's funny is that for me, the only time that I had that feeling was in sociology. Was the, <laughs> and, and I mean, there are people that both are, sociology classes that are very knowledgeable and very committed to that, and they put forth the work and they do a lot of good things. But it's kind of like a filler of subject. Uh, yeah. And I remember that exact thought. I was sitting here thinking, and I'm like, because, you know, math and science are just objective. There's no question of, well, what if this? Like, it's well, it's it's not what if this or, well, yeah, I, I think this. Like, there's no you think. Like, it's all, either this all, or no. <laughs> there's no you think. Like, you, Well, all of, like, sociology and any kind of, like, social science like that usually is a lot of gray area. Yeah, that's and that's where you get into the bullshit where people start asking just dumbass questions and uh, well, this doesn't really align with what I think, and I want my what I think to be validated in front of the whole class when really it has no basis in reality. But, <laughs> but I feel like I have a right to have my my thoughts validated, and then the the professor who has actual knowledge just says, "Hey." Go fuck yourself. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about, and I'm just gonna move on and disregard your question because you're dumb as hell. And then they just have to sit there. Like it's like the most glorious feeling. Like they just sit there and then after they get done asking a dumbass question, the professor just blows by and they're just like, and then they don't say anything for the rest yeah. of the class. Yeah, they just they just are completely shut down, and it's it's bodied, most, it's straight most, bodied. It's kind of adrenaline. Like it I, is. I, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's because it's all the things like I wanted to say, but I can't really say to like a fellow student, but the professor does it for me and he's just speaking through me. I'm just like, yes, yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. Which, but I, which is brings it to the most important question. What conspiracies do you think are actually true? Oh, do you, God damn it! Do you, do you have any that you think that? Before we get what, into what that, hold, hold, hold on. To? Before we get into that, I was gonna say, on the flip side of like the sociology, like the gray area thing where people can just go off the rails with it. I was gonna say with this same professor that like bodied this fucking other girl because she was just asking absurd questions. I, I that was the most fun I had like in a class because it was. A lot of gray area but like when we had writing assignments like he gave you like really kind of like ultimate freedom really like he gave you a rough topic to write about like i remember the first one was like uh write something that's familiar to you and unusual to like most other people like type of things like that or he would say like write a paper about religion and it was like so broad but it like gave me like such freedom that i could like express like ideas and like thoughts that like i wouldn't be able to like put into like another kind of class and it was kind of liberating in that way and he and he would always tell me he's like hey man i really enjoy like reading your papers and he would like leave me like like long notes like i'd see him after class he's like hey he's like keep it up he's like these are good like these are pretty interesting like i enjoy writing them i'm like it's fun i yeah so i think it can go both ways too I, i i feel like we've had the exact same experience with a sociology class because like i said the professor was really cool and i feel like and 
like I said, I feel like this was like an easy class for me because it was just like from engineering to that was just like such a complete like it's the opposite end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of fun because it was something so different that it, it got to like I got to use parts of my brain that I hadn't used in since high school. Right. And so like yeah, when we write papers, like he would leave me notes like this is excellent, like you're spot on with this or something or like I would come talk to him after class and he'd be like that yeah like that's really interesting what you brought up and it's not like the gray area does introduce some creativity where you can kind of like make some good conclusions but it some does people just don't know how to for... handle that fucking freedom <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they, 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 they get lost in the sauce yeah all right, well, I hate to cut you boys off. I know you wanted to get into the conspiracy theory segment, but we've hit our mark like half an hour ago, A, and then B, I'm not going to have much memory left on that camera, so we're not going to be able to go any further. And C, I have to be in work yeah. in four hours. Which, that is ludicrous. But yeah, so we're going to go ahead and cut it off here. Uh, is there anything you guys want to like? You want to plug any social media or anything like that? Chandler's social media free, so we don't need to worry about him. Zach, is there anything you want to plug as far as? No, I don't have a, I don't have any revenue streams that I could. Oh, okay. No big influence. Yeah. All right. What about? Uh, all right. So we got to give like a recommendation. Anyone got any ideas? For like movies or like anything, music or something. Anything at all. We go with what we've been talking about as a group friend, as a group of friends recently. Is we've all, most of us have seen the movie Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster. Just came out in theaters. A lot of people are calling it Midsummer, but yeah. Technical pronunciation is Midsummer, yeah. but you can call it whatever you want. But it's really oddball kind of movie. Not everyone's gonna like it, but it's worth a watch if you want something to break up the monotony of normal horror tropes. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to recommend uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, if people who don't, don't know who that is. A, a lot of what we talked about is actually, there's a lot of points that that guy hits on, and he's like, he got really famous off of, uh, I think he was, like a, he was like a wine guy first, and now mm-hmm. he's this super big entrepreneur, and he, he also does a lot of motivational speaking. And uh, if you're into things kind of like that, he, he says a lot of the same things that what we said in this podcast. He's a, he's a very inspirational dude, so I recommend go, going and listening to a lot of his shit. He typically just goes by Gary V, but... Really cool dude. You should listen to him. Zach, you got anything? I don't. Uh, no, nah, I wasn't. Yeah, wasn't prepared for a recommendation. You haven't been watching the podcast, then, Zach. Yeah, I. Uh, well, on the on the practice one, we didn't do that. We just kind of cut it. So I'm just. Um, I don't know. I'll, I'll well, all right recommendation then. List. Yeah, Zach we'll recommends just being a badass. That's all he. That's all he can give up. <clears throat> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in to the fourth episode of the Modern Goonies podcast. Uh, like I said, we are now on Spotify. We will be on iTunes. Uh, that's pretty much it. Go If you have any questions or comments or if you ever just want to be like, hey, you guys are fucking idiots about this or whatever, you can email us at moderngoonies at gmail.com. Um, we don't have a website yet, but we will eventually. Uh, so, uh, stay tuned for the next episode, which is now bi-weekly, which that one will air like fucking mid-August or something like that. We're so far ahead. I don't really even know. Uh, so yeah, keep tuned, uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good shit. I also like to say, sorry to cut you off, but if you are watching on YouTube and you got something to say, don't feel discouraged to drop something into the comments because most of our friend group pays attention to it and... 
if you put forth some idea that challenges one of ours or piggyback something else, I'm sure you'll get a good response from it from one of us. And so. we'll put you on full blast and just roast your ass the entire time. If so. it calls for it. Yeah. So you better watch <laughs> out. Yeah, no, no. We encourage, we encourage comments and shit like that. So yeah, uh, like, share, subscribe, comment, anything like that. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in to the fourth episode, and we'll see you guys next time. See you later, guys. That was good.